What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another Mount Rushmore edition of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, except for the past two weeks where these guys held down the fort and you're listening to them. As always, you've got Callum Wiggins. How are we going to manage this one? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> now it's time for you to figure out a way uh, to throw valet in there. Robert E. Fleece. <laughs> Every week I ask these two wonderful gentlemen to manage my life and every week they decline i'm currently looking for a valet (laughs) that's what we are doing for this week we have this uh as a sponsored uh edition we have the pick your poison tier that we always mention on the patreon and if you click on the join button you get the youtube membership the channel membership kind of thing that is when you can request something and you can directly sponsor that and frankie had suggested this one he uh was one of the people that had mentioned doing this before and this is one of the ones that i know that other people have said how about you do like the smart madness tournament of the managers and valets or how about you do some other kind of top rope list or something so it's been a long time in the making but we're finally getting around to doing it because of frankie so if you are interested in this topic and you've been like man i've been waiting for this thank frankie for that just the way that we are thanking frankie by you know doing it <laughs> like you requested so um of course thank you frankie for that and if you want to take part in the pick of poisons here and make sure that we do anything like that that's what it's there for so by all means go ahead and do that and just before we get started to kind of carry this on this marketplace side of things if you want to help out in a different way on the monetary side of things the dark cast here is where you can get access to all the extra stuff we usually do about one of them a month sometimes a couple more than that i'm probably going to record one of them later on today to talk about those hot tags that i didn't get a chance to talk about when these two were thankfully holding down the fort and taking care of that for me thank you guys very much for that by the way um and go back and check that out if you didn't everybody they did a great job as always there is also the little thanks button there's the red words red bubble and tea public i almost got it red public which would have been different in tea bubble it seems like something that would be like a little coffee shop or something, the tea bubble. But those two places are where you can pick up the merchandise stuff. So if you want to get like a t-shirt or you want to get some kind of stickers or, you know, there's a plenty different variety of different things. So you can put those designs on. That's where you can get them. And, you know, even a dollar a month goes a long way when these things are out there. So I'm going to thank you for that. If you are a part of that, just like Frankie is. And we are going to kind of roll along here with what the Mount Rushmore is. And if you don't know what the Mount Rushmore podcast is all about, then you haven't checked out the previous like uh, 20 editions or so that we've done of this. We've done a lot more of Mount Rushmore than a lot of the other ones because we like doing it so much and you guys like it too. So Mount Rushmore and Mock Draft have become like two of the main core anchor segments for this thing. And it's because it's a lot of fun. What we're going to do is we're going to try to settle on the four representatives that best summarize whatever the topic is you know we've done in the past like the mount rushmore of wwe superstars or the mount rushmore of women superstars in general or uh, i think we might have done tag teams i don't remember for sure there's a whole list on the wiki page and if you don't know what the wiki page is let me know and i'll drop a link below but we debate about this we talk about different best and worst options sometimes we end up with I think the maximum we had done was something like 18 different Mount Rushmore lists in that one episode or so. It was like the NXT one or something. We have a whole bunch of different varieties that we do this thing with. So strap yourselves in because with this topic is managers and valets. 
which means at the very least, you know, you're getting a Mount Rushmore of managers and a Mount Rushmore of valets. We might combine them. We might do a best and worst. We might do WWE specific and non WWE. I don't know. We kind of just roll along and see what happens and what naturally feels right. But we've got a lot of people to talk about. I have around a hundred people on my list, just of people that I remember the names of and everything and some other people that I don't really know. And then there's plenty of people that are, you know, outside of WWE or they popped up for a hot minute or something. So I feel like there are some names that we definitely are going to agree are within that range, but maybe there are some people that we're kind of on the fence about. I think one person to start off with that we can pretty much agree is probably going to end up being on this list. And we don't want to just like bury the lead and be like, okay, here's like the four that we're probably going to go with. But I think that this one is a good one to start with. Bobby the Brain Heenan. I mean, yeah. this guy is as good of a, a tent pole person for the manager section as you can get. Yeah, there's not many who are more synonymous with being a wrestling manager. He was like the anchor of the pure Hulkamania days of WWE. He's entertaining as hell. He's managed everyone from like Bockwinkle and the Blackjacks to, I think most people associate him with like Andre and Mr. Perfect. Bobby Heenan is what you think of when you think of a wrestling manager. And I think we can all pretty much lock him in right now. <laughs> pretty much, right? Yeah. Like great talker, great manager. Just overall, he gets he got super involved in whatever feuds that he was going up against, whether it was well, obviously most famously is basically it's almost him versus Hogan was the feud more than it was Hogan and Andre and stuff like that. It was basically whoever Heenan was managing would be the person to be taking on Hogan at any point. So like things like King Kong Bundy as well, anyone in the Heenan family. And yeah. Obviously, people also know him as a great commentator as well, but he was a manager, he took bumps, he got like yeah, super involved in any storyline that he was part of. So I think he is as as good of a lock as you could possibly find for these roles. And he was great in both comedic manager roles, where he was just kind of like a buffoon, or he was in, you know, the serious ones. Like, I mean, he's not a total joke with the Andre and Hogan thing. He is the legitimate reason why Andre is a heel and everything. And I think that speaks to his, uh, his wide range as well, because he's just so good that if you're in the Heenan family, even if you're like the loser of the Heenan family, that's still better than not being a part of it. Whereas some other people, I mean, I guess you could put it this way. A good manager is somebody who's an entertaining enough character, at least in my mind, an entertaining enough character that they could technically stand on their own. But what they're doing instead is they're using that skill to boost somebody else. If they don't end up helping, I don't see how they are in that good manager side. Even if they overtake the person, there's people on this list that they're like the advocate of or something just to use one of the other people that we're going to be talking about where sometimes they are the act, not the person that they are managing. 
And the same thing for the valets too. For anybody who's questioning about the difference between them, there's a little bit of crossover. Sometimes it's kind of obvious. Sometimes it isn't. How do you guys tend to define a valet being separate from a manager? A valet is typically in the role of like arm candy. Of like mm-hmm. so, like where I would say Miss Elizabeth is a valet. Sonny was a manager. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Sunny was a valet at times, but she took on like a managerial role where she'd be like, this is my team and I'm going to take them to the top. Whereas Miss Elizabeth was like, all right, she's there. <laughs> you know? it, it's, someone to, yeah, it's, yeah. it's someone who enhances the, the presence of the rest of their role rather than actually playing an active role in mm-hmm. improving their chances to win a match or like, coaching essentially realistically whereas the valet is just this person that's well typically a valet is a woman it doesn't necessarily have to be but in more cases than not usually like a female talent will just be there to make the uh, yeah yeah, just to enhance the overall aesthetic of the guy because he's got typically a, a good looking woman accompanying him to the ring yeah, like for instance, anybody that's uh, you need a modern example, Scarlet is a valet. She's not really doing anything to manage Carrion Cross. She's mostly there for the visuals of the whole thing. Whereas somebody more like, I guess maybe the most recent female example of a manager that I can at Lana. least come up off the top of my head was either Lana or Zelina Vega. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely Vegas. Vegas is a good example. Yeah, because Vega really helped out. I mean, she could be in a discussion of this too, but uh, Vega Vega saved Andrade. She's the difference maker for Andrade for sure. He was really floundering and probably would have been released without Vega. And then she comes along, and just because she's a better mouthpiece, suddenly he becomes a uh, AEW champion, uh, NXT champion. (laughs) I'm jumping ahead. (laughs) Yeah, he's not doing that well in AEW. But uh, maybe he'd be doing better if he would have had Zelina Vega. I'm just saying. Um, but she is a good example of that. She was kind of a valet at times. But then again, I'd classify her a little bit more of a manager. Um, I can't actually think of any male valets. Um, it, it, it very much like depends. It typically would be a case of they would have to usually accompany a um a f- female wrestler to the ring. Mm. I mean, you, you but uh, more often than not, they would typically get some, some sort of physical in- involvement. I guess maybe less so nowadays because you don't typically see uh, men and women like hit each other in the same way they would have done like the Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression Era. So maybe if there's someone who is just a... I, I would argue this, and this is actually probably a bit weird, and maybe it's not. I think... Soapy Hathaway is a bit more of a ballet than a manager. <laughs> you know, that's that's a good point because I think he doesn't really do anything in the. He does occasionally, but he doesn't do much. In he's 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 a talker, and I guess maybe that's part of it. The valets usually aren't talkers, so maybe he is more of a manager in that regard. Valets don't usually don't need to be good mouthpieces. The best example I can give for like a male valet, and this is weird because it's mostly just their entrance but like think of when sasha had the car entrance at nxt brooklyn and she had the guys with her like that's kind of like the closest thing you get to a male valet because they have really... a valet for carmella 
when he was before he decided to become a wrestler. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, because he wasn't managing her career no, in he, any he, capacity. He, he, he was yeah, just he, her sommelier. Yeah, exactly. So. Huh. Wow, we, I did not expect a Mount Rushmore discussion to include Reggie at any point. <laughs> well, he won't not, be, he won't not be that he's in the, right, <laughs> he yeah. in the discussion, but we got him somehow involved in the discussion. <laughs> Look at it this way. If we decided to do a Mount Rushmore of male valets, we pretty much have to put him on. <laughs> I, I'll put it this way. I, I'm totally down with the idea of having more male valets. In yeah, there should be. Why not? But it's just like, yeah, it just it seems odd that I, I say it's odd. It's it's totally understandable why there has been more female because there's predominantly been more male wrestlers. So you you're realistically going to give them a female valet. But yeah, there needs to be more of a, a mix and match, especially for just like yeah. Why well, can't just a, a female wrestler just have a good looking guy standing next to her the entire mm-hmm. time? Like that's that's totally that's totally cool. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, typically the pro wrestling audience skews more male, so of course. Mm-hmm there's more of a chance that there's going to be attractive female versus attractive male as some kind of a, an engaging concept. But even still women watch it. And uh, yeah, you know, hey, if you want, if you want to ha- increase the v- uh, female viewership, you basically find the male equivalent of Stacey Keebler and attach them to a female wrestler. And then you're pretty much good. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Stacey Keebler, if you think valet, I mean, she's yeah. one of those options. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. I think she was, she wasn't the strongest talker, but I think she did well. And I think she actually, she did do her job of enhancing the aesthetic of mm-hmm. the guys that she, she was with. Like you look at Test in particular immediately stands out because Test was, Test is a weird one. It's the case of someone who I had no idea. I had no idea whether he was good or not. It's kind <laughs> of a weird thing to say. Yeah. But, and but like he helped him. His character didn't really have a a set character. Like he wasn't, you know, the Undertaker or somebody where it's like, all right, he's a dead man. He does this. This is all his uh, moves that are named after whatever. Having Stacy Keebler call the test fans the testicles was kind of as close as a character as you can get. And without that, it just becomes even weirder if he's the one saying it. But if you got, you know, this super attractive woman doing that, then people could be like, yeah, all right, I could get down with that in 2000, whatever. <laughs> well, Tess' character was jealous boyfriend. That was kind At of like the point, most, yeah, yeah the, the most amount of character that he ever really displayed was yeah. yeah, jealous, angry, misogynistic boyfriend. And that, that was probably the most prominent he ever was on TV was when he was both initially being managed by Stacey and then turning heel on Stacey and basically forcing her to be his valet against her will. Well, because he had kind of come in as just muscle for the McMahons, right? Like, it was just like, oh, well, we picked yeah, up He was just part guy. of the corporation initially, yeah. yeah. Right, because... And, and they did the thing with Steph, and then after that, yeah, he never really had a character, so Stacey did enhance Test, at least in that way. And then Tess even carried that over into just having Kelly Kelly by his side with a different thing. And then well, Stacey wasn't even the first one. It was Trish was the first one as well. Right, That's yeah. right. So yes. He's somebody right. who's defined by his valet, his blonde valet. Yeah. I, I yeah. think the test formula is just stick him with pretty blonde valet. Right. Um, all now, right. Now that brings up another point of discussion that, uh, yeah, you might agree or disagree. If you do leave a comment below and let us know what your thoughts are. What you should be doing for anything like this, you know, tell us your decisions and stuff and who you do pick on your Mount Marshmore. But 
it brings up the discussion of what qualifies somebody as a valet or a manager versus just another superstar or a tag team partner or something along those lines. Because somebody like a Kelly Kelly just brought that uh, name up. She was a valet for a little while. You know, she was essentially the valet for Mike Knox. Then she becomes a wrestler and then she's even winning the Divas championship and such. My point of view is it's not mutually exclusive. If you are a wrestler's wrestler, you go out there, you win championships, you have you stand alone as just this person. That doesn't mean that you weren't a manager or a valet before, during, or after that time frame. And somebody like a Ric Flair, for instance, of course he's a wrestler. He's way more of a wrestler than he was a manager or by any means a valet. But he did act as a manager in some ways. You know, he was essentially a manager for Charlotte Flair, for instance. And, you know, he's worked as manager for Randy Orton over the past, you know, sometime in 2020, 2021, something along those lines. I forget exactly when they booted him out of that. But like he is somebody who crosses over with that. And I kind of look at it as like, look, you might not be that that's your main thing is that you were a manager or something, but that doesn't disqualify you from potentially being a part of the discussion. You guys agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, as long as you were very well considered, well, well, you were a good manager or valet, you shouldn't be excluded for a period of time, even if you were more prominent as a wrestler afterwards or as a commentator or any other role. So, but, um, I think I'd still, I'll still find myself leaning more towards the ones that are more kind of career valets and manager as opposed to wrestlers. Yeah. But as I say, they shouldn't be uh, mutually exclusive. Agreed completely. Yeah, I mean, I doubt that we're going to end up with Mount Rushmore's that have like Molina on it, for instance. She was more of a wrestler than she was a manager or a valet, but part of Eminem, manager or valet more than a wrestler. So, you know, but well, you know, this is the only time we'll get to say DDP was like the only example of manager to wrestler and super successful on the male side of things. So, well, I don't think he'll end up on the Mount Rushmore. I think he'll totally, he totally has to be acknowledged for being able to make that transition and do it so well. This isn't a, name that i imagine us having necessarily on of course definitely not the manager list but more than likely not on the valet list would you guys classify the nitro girls valets no it no. just popped into my mind about kimberly page no. it's like because no. they would be kimberly page, Kim yes, page for, yeah for sure pages. um stacy keebler miss hancock was yeah a few of them like separately sure beyond that but i meant like yeah. the act yeah. of the nitro girls because they didn't no. accompany anybody to the ring but they were no, they were they were cheerleaders yeah they, yeah. they performed like they performed during the ad break for um and then you came back at the ad break for see the nitro girls that that was that was their role it's honest like, to god uh, i don't know how no one's stolen that since like it seems logical to keep the fans entertained during the commercial well, break yeah, I'll say as equivalent, you, I, I don't consider any of the um, girls they used to put in the cages on uh, impact yeah, pay-per-views yeah. to be <laughs> to be um, to be uh, managers either. They had girls in cages. I wasn't yeah. watching them. 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's all right. Very few people were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's also the ones that were at that raw underground. <laughs> and there's uh, I get the, the only one that really happened outside of that. The one week of the raw underground girls was the, uh, the group that would accompany Kenny Omega to the ring and oh, for yeah, his entrance with the brooms. Yeah. yeah. They're, I guess, I mean, they technically are valets kind of, I guess, I don't know. They're right. on the cheerleader side, but you know, we're not putting them in the Mount Rushmore. No. <laughs> Broom girls under the Mount Rushmore valets, but uh, yeah, not many um, instances of like that sort of weird. You're not a, mal- a valet. You're not a manager. You're not a broadcaster. You're not an interviewer. You're not a commentary person. You're not a referee. You're not an official. You're not a wrestler. What the hell are you kind of thing? Um, no, no. So let's start getting into this. Remember, everybody, as I said, drop your comments below. Uh, we've talked about a couple different people, but like, let's start digging deeper. Um, what's a, an oddball name you want to toss out there? Oddball. Yeah, just one of those. Like, maybe it's like one of the worst, or maybe it's somebody who you're like, ah, this one might not get as much attention, but I really like him or something. He'll never make the Mount Rushmore, but this is the only chance, maybe in this whole podcast series, that we'll get to talk about Slick. Yeah, that's so we so true. Should you know? Slick is one of those guys that a few years ago, when I came across him on some random, like I was rewatching something or whatever. And we're talking, and it's probably more than a few years ago at this point. It's probably over ten. But uh, I was just kind of like, I don't fucking remember this guy. And you figure I had been watching mostly the late '80s through the '90s from like old videotapes and everything like that. I could not, for the life of me, remember who Slick was, and I had to like really go deep uh, into like who did he manage and everything? Cause it was just like, this guy completely got eradicated from my brain, my brain. I couldn't tell you a single person, even now that's like definitely managed, <laughs> but I know who slick is. I, well, I know one person that's like definitely managed because it, well, it's a came. So yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. Yes. So that, that's the one that immediately sticks one. Cause I remember the ceremony that they trans. Eh transformed one man gang into a king. <laughs> he was embracing his heritage, okay? <laughs> that's what they're going with. I mean, Not you look through some of the, Yeah, you look through some of the lists of some of the older, older people that are managing as well, and it's just a case of, you see, oh, they managed like 24 tag teams and 12 wrestlers. Like, I probably couldn't name a lot of them, but that's because I wasn't watching as actively at that point in time. But yeah, it's just some of these people just were just there as... And, and that was at the point in time as well where WWE was really big into managers and valets as well back in the 80s and early 90s where people would essentially just trade wrestlers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I, I'm swapping you for like this tag team for your tag team. It's like the, it's almost like the managers were the people like in control of wrestlers' contracts instead, not the company, which is quite an interesting time. Which, and it's an easier way to explain it to the people. Because, okay, this is a wrestling league and you've got these managers who go out and find these guys. And, yeah, they would trade people. Like, basically, the way Slick came in was Blassie was retiring and he just brought in, I guess, what was supposed to be a 1986 pimp into the (laughs) WWF. Just like, yep, all my guys are going to be managed by this guy now. They even did a bit where uh, I think Heenan paid in full cash 
for one of Slick's guys, and it was he's like, why do you want cash and only cash? He's like, yeah, don't worry about that. So <laughs> Slick was a character where they walked a fine line with something in 86, 87. Obviously, as everything did, it gets way more cartoony, and he's just, you know, it, it, just a caricature of what, you know, these stereotypes were, but Slick is also important because he managed Boss Man in the Hogan feud. He managed Akeem, as we said. Um, like, I believe, Powers of Power and Glory. So he had some guys. Never, like, managed a champion or anything. But he was one of those definite, yeah, if you're watching in the late 80s, early 90s, you know who this guy is. Unless you're Tony and he just gets eradicated from your brain. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty sad when I can say I remember Oscar from Men on a Mission more than Slick. <laughs> Why does it always go back to that? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Mabel, and he's carved out some kind of weird part of my brain. I don't know why. Oscar's not on the Mount Rushmore, by the way. <laughs> no fucking way is Oscar on there. He was terrible. Um, he could be on the last one. Yeah, you know, he could be on the worst. <laughs> you know, let's, uh, let's start creating a separate list here just in case. Worst managers worst valets i got a little bit of a spreadsheet going on that people can't see right now uh i'm not gonna bother to put that on the actual video itself but i will put uh i'll put oscar on a potential worst manager thing just at least for the discussion um i don't mention this guy because i don't think he's gonna end up going on the uh the mount rushmore for best managers because he i don't think he ever worked for wwe but he was an ever present in the nwa and that's gary hart yeah. You might talk about Jimmy Hart and this is later on as well in terms of more WWE side of things. But uh, Gary Hart was such a great shit talk well, a shitty talker in terms of like he he, he rolled people up so easily and everyone like he was so unbelievably despisable. Hmm. And he like he had this um I think he was quite um words in the southern territories quite a lot, so I think he had quite a, a strong southern accent and it was I can't, like, replicate it because, well, first of all, I'm British, and second of all, I wouldn't even <laughs> dare do it anyway. But I, I think that um, yeah, he had a very distinctive voice. Like, if you, if you heard him, then you could immediately, like, pick it up in future interviews that he would do as well. But he worked with um, uh, people like the, uh, the Great Mooter. Which obviously they were people that would need managers because they're not they're not native English speakers, so would need that kind of mouthpiece working for them. And he would do stuff with like, but he would also work with like Terry Funk and Roddy Piper, who clearly didn't need mouthpieces, but he would help elevate them as well. And I think that yeah, in terms of like best managers in like that worked exclusively outside of WWE, I'd say he's very near the top of the list. Yeah, once you throw that qualification in there, he is definitely near the top. He is responsible for the American Dream Dusty Rhodes babyface turn, which is how we know Dusty today. So that alone, his impact will forever be felt. I mean, he, as Callum said, huge in the Southern Territories, big in Texas, Big in uh, booking in Texas as well. I know we're not getting into that, but Gary Hart had a huge presence in that territory. He did a lot on WWE TV in '89, and yeah, just one of those people that you would see constantly if you go back and 
listen to territory stuff or watch any of it, Gary Hart always comes up because he was important. And he also managed like Kabuki, Kamala, just those names that you hear when you think of monsters in the territory era. I'm looking at my um, random list that I've written some people down for. Uh, there's yeah, a lot of that. there's a lot of people that uh, you know I didn't write down on my list to to keep track of, but that their basic gimmick is, hey, this is like an, a xenophobic angle. <laughs> there's a lot of that. Like, oh yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the kimchi. Yeah, <laughs> let's get that one out of there real quick because uh, that's just insert person under a mask most of the times it was brawler and uh that's stupid <laughs> bad and it shouldn't be discussed uh but yeah. i don't remember babu so he was um uh tiger ali sings man's man servant <laughs> oh that sounds like a best <laughs> well, well, well essentially all he would do like i don't re- actually recall him ever properly managing Tiger Ali saying it was more just a case that they would have segments on during the the peak of the Attitude Era. This is when wrestling was at its absolute peak of viewership, where he would do things like force Babu to suck a fan's toes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I bet he did. Oh God, wrestling! Well, no, that, that, no, actually, it was the other way around. He would pay fans to suck on Babu's toes or <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, and and yeah, and that's basically what his character was at that point in time. Well, no wonder he didn't get over. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, not a great one. I'm not a great one, Tony. We're not going to talk about the hoe train. <laughs> and like, the hoe train is on this list because I I think that that is something that is certainly not necessarily a a best valet thing. But the concept is great for what I mean, it happened. I, I think the concept was great. I my favorite being uh, him telling the Undertaker during a time where the yeah. Undertaker was very much not breaking character. I've known you for a long time, and I know you love hoes. I think, like, yes, funny, but you're not getting anywhere near Mount Rushmore or anything. <laughs> no, there's better options for the valet than the ho train. But I did think that it was funny that we could classify them valets because they, they really did the company of the Godfather of the Ring and they were there just for the sake of eye candy. Even though some of them, oof. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we seem to be concentrating a lot on like worst ones at the moment. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> yeah, let, let's, let's dive into some worst ones because some of these are actually quite... Um, well, some of the, our opinions might be fairly controversial where it comes to this, because I don't know some managers are have quite a strong legacy, but, I, but from what I've seen of them, also what I've heard about them, actually weren't that good. And the one that immediately springs to mind is Mr. Fuji. See, Mr. Fuji, I think is great. I just, what did he ever do? Through salt, oh, people. Through salt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he won Yokozuna well, Championship. <laughs> but he was. Like he can't, he couldn't talk. He was wasn't a talker at all. So it's like he'd play a mouthpiece for any of the characters that he was with. And he was obviously a wrestler back in the day, but a multi-time tag team champion in the WWF. But I think they just kept him around because they liked him rather than him actually being any good at his job. I think that that's a fair assessment. Fuji really quickly goes from in-ring talent to manager 
And I think where it really kicks off for Fuji is Demolition. And because Demolition's champion for like 400 plus days, that's where a lot of his uh, reputation sinks in. And he also had the like the Fuji Vice stuff with Morocco and obviously later the Yokozuna run. He wouldn't be on a Mount Rushmore for me, but it is one of those characters that was so perfect in a time of gimmicks. He had the cane, he had the salt, he was that's all you needed basically to be on the outside of the ring. Fuji to me is a B or C tier Rushmore type guy. I think C tier is fair. Yeah, I he wouldn't be one of my top four by any means. There's plenty of other people that can go on there above him, but I love me some Mr. Fuji throwing some salt in people's face. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. The if we're talking pure, I know oh, you have another one. Yeah, go. I was going to say another one that I think is borders the line between some people really like him and some people really don't is the genius Lanny Poffo. I could say I could leave him, you know, like genius to me is one of those mid range guys. I can't say he's worst. I, I certainly can't say he's best. I think some people, I think some people really like the character and some people really despise it. So maybe, yeah, middle ground is the right way of putting it. Like he wouldn't appear on either or, but I just think there are some ones which your mileage varies one way mm. or the other. Yeah. Like, I could see like, some people you, fighting for him. What's the one that you think is really bad already? Mama Benjamin. Oh, of course, yeah, oh, no, I mean, yeah. Really, really <laughs> yeah. terrible. Yeah. Is, that, is that valet, I think? I kind She's of was kind of... Manager, I was kind of constituting her a valet, yeah. And, what, what, what was the point? Like, that was a, clearly Big a point. Big Mama's House was a, was a series <laughs> yeah. that was going on. Oh, and so Vince, got Vince saw a Medea movie at one point. Yeah, uh-huh. basically. It was like, we should do that. That definitely is one of those things that Vince was having his fucking belly laugh backstage. Just, ah, ah, she's his fucking mom. And then everybody's like, Christ, we got another, write another one of these segments. Mama Shelton Benjamin. Uh, no, no, it's terrible. Yeah. I didn't even watch it during that era. But what I've seen since then, I'm like, I'm really glad I skipped out on a lot of that. That's garbage. I. Whether she could potentially go on the worst manager or valet one. I got her down under valet right now just because I think it kind of makes a little bit more sense. But she's definitely uh, while, in that range. <laughs> while we're attacking worst still, Mr. Perfect's coach. Uh, Bobby Heenan really should have just made it through SummerSlam 91 and then retired along with Perfect. The coach was so bad. I don't and even I remember think, the coach. I think it actively takes away from that SummerSlam match. With Brett, so to hell with the coach. I couldn't tell you what he even looks like. That was one of those names that I saw on the list, and I was just like, his coach? I don't remember his coach. I remember Mr. Hughes, the bodyguard, and I didn't like Mr. Hughes. <laughs> that was a terrible uh, kind of character. Do you know he's still walking around doing indie shows with an urn, claiming it to be the Undertaker's urn. I think that that's amazing, and I think Curtis Hughes deserves an award for that. But yeah, he's not a great uh, bodyguard, manager, valet. I wouldn't put him on the Mount Rushmore for any tier. Randomly was a part of, uh, he was the like bodyguard of Triple H for, what was it? Yeah, for like Royal Rumble 97, yeah. <laughs> that's like about it. Jericho for a while when he came in as well. <laughs> this guy just randomly pops up here and there. Uh, uh, I got oh, 
I still have a couple different people on this list that are just like, yeah, that was bad. That was bad. That was, you know. I mean, yeah, some of the, I mean, some of them, most of them are kind of like just innocuous and weren't there long enough. But one that wasn't there very long, but I thought was actively bad is Sapphire. Oh, Sapphire sucked. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was actually just looking up Sapphire because I knew we were doing this and I knew we'd get to Sapphire. She was like already in her 50s mm-hmm. when she was doing that. And like, just, just the worst part of Dusty's career. I'm sorry. People watch that and think, well, people watch that time and can then just look at you straight in the eye and say that Vincent Mann was not intentionally burying Dusty Rhodes as soon as he got him on the contract. <laughs> it's just, you're kidding yourself. It's like, yeah, putting in polka dogs make him a, a common man gimmick. But yeah, and and essentially in a world where you know that the wrestling valet is meant to be like this, at, at that point in time, at the very least, meant to be this like beautiful eye catching eye candy, essentially. And then, okay, so we're going to subvert things and give him a 50-year-old woman who just dances around with him mm-hmm. and then turns heel on him later on with in his feud with uh, Ted DiBiase. Because money, just... money is still everything, so up yours, Dusty. Yeah, yeah. that was just terrible. Sapphire, she could be a lovely woman backstage or something, but that character was just garbage. It's... <laughs> That's a that's more of a valet than a manager yeah. for sure, oh, and definitely. she's I'm putting her on the potential list. Yeah. Um, so we've I'll got oh, some different ahead. people under those. Like uh, I actually didn't. I don't think I wrote this down. Um, but uh, the the Beaver cleavage thing, Mrs. Uh, Beaver. Was there any Mariana? Oh, was that not uh, no, that wasn't BB. No, BB was a paramedic. It was uh, so Mariana was. Um, yeah, no, these, these shitty ones at this point in time. I don't know why I remember <laughs> this sort of stuff. I just wish it would go away. But, um, Mrs. Yeah, Cleavage. Uh, yeah, she was Mrs. Cleavage, first of all. But then uh, yeah, when they Jesus. started to switch that and, she beca- and he became just Chaz, she became his girlfriend. Yeah. Who was lying about him abusing her. And then and then Glenn Ruth just shows up randomly, mm. no no makeup on. It's like, hey, she's lying. By the way, let's go to let's go be headbangers again. <laughs> I. For all the talk that the Attitude Era gets for being great, I think people greatly overlook these things. Rose-tinted glasses, for sure. People are like, Austin was amazing, The Rock was great, DX was cool, and you're like, remember Beaver Cleavage? And they're like, no, I don't. Mm. <laughs> but all those, uh, like, uh, I mean, Nicole Bass wasn't yeah, from oh, an that era just, that I was watching, but... That, that was, again, it was just a, it was a really shitty attempt to recreate China. Mm-hmm. And this, obviously China was still around at that point in time, still doing stuff, but China had started moving into more of the rest of the space, whereas you had this super jacked... I don't, I don't want to be mean, because she's not around anymore, but it's like this woman who was designed to be overly masculine and unattractive, attached them to Sable and, and Val Venus, and like... And, yeah, and, and the swerve is that Val actually kind of likes it. <laughs> Because that's where we were at. Uh, while we're here, let's just, let's just knock off uh, Frenchie Martin. Sucked. Terrible, terrible gimmick. Silly gimmick. I liked, uh, if you're going to put Dino Bravo with anybody, better with Jimmy Hart. Um, yeah, that's about all I had to say about Frenchie. Some other names I would knock off this list rather quickly. I, I don't think Serena Deeb needs to be uh, look, I loved her in, in the SES, but was never there long enough to really 
be praised for it. Um, Amy Weather, please. She's not on this list, but Joy Giovanni, please. Um, Crystal Marshall, I don't even think she managed anybody. Did she? I think she briefly managed the Miz for a little bit. Sure. Yeah, well, like, I, you know, she's one of those people that's like, yeah. she was she was a nothing person. I mean, she, again, I'm not talking about the person herself, but like her yeah. character was nothing. Yeah. We talked about Jillian Hall when she was managing JBL and got the thing. Oh, and God. The, the, thing on her face. <laughs> the boogeyman ate it. Gross. Yeah. Gross. But yeah, but that's kind of like a minute list too. I think some other ones, potential candidates worst. Um, Yamaguchi son. So speaking of uh, Val Venus, as we were earlier, the whole choppy, choppy, your PP instant. Listen, when you're five years old, <laughs> that's hysterical. And it can still make you laugh today because it made you laugh when you were five. When but you're yeah, 10, 11 years, years old and they do that segment and that you don't see what happens. You go to school the next day and you go, you think they cut off his dick? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> Well, I mean, the, he had the sword right there. Like, of course he cut it off. What do you mean? How would it possibly have not done that? How would, did they wouldn't cut off his dick? Like you know? that angle closed out of Monday Night Raw again. I want to say, maybe let's take off the rose tinted glass. Harvey Whippleman. I like Harvey Whippleman. Harvey Whippleman is one of those people that, if you're going like you know. Uh, best managers and all that. Like I can't put him in that league of Bobby Heenan, but he was such a big part of like a short time frame of just like this sleazy little weasel. That was like funny that I can't say I dislike him. Like I wouldn't put him on the worst by any means. I mean, worst to me are like the gimmicks that suck and nobody enjoys them and they're not fun. They're not entertaining. Whippleman was definitely entertaining. He's just a shitty manager and a comedic character and all. Mm. I like Harvey Whippleman, but Shout he's no Matt Rushmore. He was in the main event of WrestleMania 8. You know, not a lot of people can say that they manage that. Former women's champion as well. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, um, uh, more, more, more worst, more worst uh, potential allies. Uh, so... The ones that spring to mind got Cherry from Decent Domino. Cherry who was just, you know, 50s girl. Yeah. Actually, I, she might as well have been in Basically, with her kid, she might as well have been in Wrestlelicious. That's basically, that's basically all she was. And then they tried to turn her baby face and no one cared. So that's uh, Ryan Shamrock. Oh, yeah. Ryan Shamrock. Yeah, My just, favorite. My favorite thing about Ryan Shamrock is the whole angle, and this is a WrestleMania angle, <laughs> is everybody is either trying to get with or has been with Ryan Shamrock, <laughs> who is the storyline sister. Yeah, except her brother, who in real life will end up marrying her. Yeah. That's wrestling for you. Some sort of incestual angle into everything. Except in this case, they snuck it into real life. Yeah. Um, Hiroko Suzuki, who's Kenzo Suzuki's wife, for that brief stint that he was in the company in 2004. And, yeah, she was just this typical geisha girl character. So, you know, just playing in stereotypes, as, as WWE is wont to do. 
and I think the only thing that she ever really did of note was she got into a feud with Tori Wilson because Kenzo was infatuated with Tori, obviously going against his wife's wishes. And so, she, so in typical fashion, she got angry at Tori rather than her husband. And they had, yeah. a, I think, they had like a bra and panties match or something where they were both dressed as geishas because you know. As, as it happens, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how that's how in in Japan they would settle those differences. <laughs> I'm uh, looking at some of these other things on this list of uh, some different people that um, were like, uh, yeah, they're they're known for something else that's more so, but they still technically were a manager or a valet at some point. Not best, not worst, or anything like that. They're just you know people to bring up some names, Trish. Tori, uh, Dawn Marie, you know, a lot of women at some point ended up being just kind of like standing next to some guy. And yeah, that, most of them the, are that's just the, that's the early 2000s. You know, and yeah. Trish was the best of them who parlayed that into a phenomenal career. Yeah, like uh, any of them, I'm like, you know, the, the, we mentioned Melina earlier, Maxine and NXT. Like, there's nothing really too much to get into about them. It's not like, you know, they had any particularly notable things that they were doing i mean well maxine does but not in wwe because she was uh katrina in leech underground yeah and wwe wise she's character. nothing yeah. you know yeah that was a great character katrina um i, w- I wouldn't say she's like top ballet mount rushable but like she was she was very very good in leech underground hmm. I'd, I'd say at least for some of these women where you got like um i, I would prioritize the ones that were the better talkers like trish was a great talker but she she could talk for people like Testa and Albert who weren't that great on the microphone. And then uh, Dawn Marie was a good promo as well. Tori wasn't a good promo. No. But Tori was Tori was kind of there not to be a manager, but to be... Yeah, I can't even. Yeah, sexy. But then you look at people from the 90s where you look at people like Sunny and... Sable. Sable couldn't talk, actually. Sable, Sable. No, like, she, she was, couldn't. She definitely, she's definitely a valet. Uh, Sonny's a manager because she could talk for the guys that she was managing, even though she obviously sh- you could say that with the more like um, skip and zip, she was more of probably in the valet period at that point in time. But then when she went on to manage like the Godwins or the Smoking Guns, or she was definitely the brains behind the operation there. Sonny is somebody I think it's worth talking about in my in a positive light for yeah. Time. Yeah, in my Mount Rushmore range, she could be, at least if not the A tier, a B tier person for manager and or valet. I was a huge fan of the Sunny character, and not just for obvious reasons, but like I legitimately think that she brought a lot to those people. Like, you know, she was a fun part of the Godwins. She was the standout of the whole skip and zip thing. I really liked her as part of just being the valet for the smoking guns and everything. There are people that have done technically more, but I'd put her in that kind of discussion range. Kind of just a, you know, do you classify a valet? Do you classify a manager? I'd go either way. I'd lean a little bit more towards valet though. Yeah. I think I'd have to just because there's bigger names under the manager one. Yeah. The manager uh, scene is going to get filled pretty quickly, but I do I do like Sonny more than plenty of other women who have tried to have 
pulled off the sunny role in years previous and since. But there is still that, like, it's sunny, you know? Yeah. But, you know, what, what happens after that, I don't think invalidates it. That's, I guess, true. I guess we should just put this name down on this list. I mean, Miss Elizabeth I mean, is going under the valet, so, you know, yeah, yeah, just to set a baseline. And she is, if not as well as on the Mount Rushmore, she is like a Lincoln Memorial, you know, like she's, Miss Elizabeth is the valet in wrestling. Yeah, if there's a Statue of Liberty when it comes to valets, it's Miss Elizabeth. And it's not even, you know, obviously we could discuss her and the positives and all that it's not even something we really need to get into because it's just obvious. And we're clearly not talking about WCW, Miss Elizabeth. We're talking about WWF. So that's, you know, when she starts getting into the NWO and everything that goes downhill considerably, but coordinating the dresses to match with Randy, like that kind of stuff is next level. And it's why you remember Liz to this day, having a featured part of the show where she's essentially just sort of standing there. To the point that they have this wedding and the re, uh, reuniting of her and Macho Man and people are crying and everything. And that's one of the biggest angles, one of the big stories and draws of the whole time frame. Like, Miss Elizabeth is a definite anchor. She says, like, uh, if we're going to put down Bobby Heenan as like, all right, it's obvious that he's going into the manager one. Miss Elizabeth is obvious for the valet. I'll give you another one who I think should absolutely be on the Mount Rushmore for the valet. Woman. Nancy Benoit needs to absolutely be on this list. I, I, was, I, 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 was, yeah, I was about to bring her up as well, actually. Yeah, I, was, I mean, like, like, maybe not a certain, but definitely a potential one. Like she was, she was great. She was such a a striking figure. Here's the reason why it's a certain for me. There's only one other person that I think nails the toughness. And the elegance in one shot, and it's Sherry, you know. And honestly, woman doesn't get enough credit for the things that she was able to do in the industry. She was able to go back and forth between WCW and ECW all the time, managed Flair, Shane Douglas, Doom. Um, yeah, obviously, Kevin Sullivan, obviously, you know, Chris Um, she just added so much to everything she did. And I think her presence sometimes goes a little understated, unfortunately. And I would like to take this time now to put a spotlight on what she was able to do in the ring or around the ring. I'm, uh, I'm creating a separate non WWE list that we can, we might end up just merging and just having a not specific WWE thing and kind of combining them. We might, keep it separate i don't know but she is somebody who definitely like all right she's in that discussion range for sure um do we have any other people that could definitely go under the worst under the worst um uh ranjin singh oh yeah i don't know if i'd go uh, worst I, I, for him i didn't like the character by any means but eh. what, he's kind of in that genius the- range to me where it's just like yeah he's just a guy but he wasn't really like he didn't do anything besides like just translate what the great Carl Lee was saying. Like it's not really. Uh, I I don't know. I, I wasn't super a big fan. 
Uh, I wouldn't put him on the same range as Kimchi and Yamaguchi-san and Oscar and, you know. But he's not uh, good. <laughs> I don't want to put it that way. He's not good. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones that might stand in there. Uh, I still think Yamaguchi-san should be there. Yeah, so in, in that there. range. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. One that is again is controversial. I actually won't go into there because there is he's a love or hate guy, but Lou Albano. For the worst? Well, I think it's one of those ones where you've got a character that supersedes the rest supersedes the wrestlers, but it's not in a good way. Says that he was always going into business for himself. Like it was about him getting over and him getting all the words in and less so about the people that he was actually managing. I currently have him separated with Mr. Fuji and Harvey Whippleman, where I could see people putting them in their best. He's not on my best, but I could see people he's, doing that because he's iconic. He's it's weird because you got Lou Albano who does manage like a whole bunch of tag team champions the Samoans and I'm not talking about before the head shrinkers like when he was an actual serious heel manager and then there's also Lou Albano the pop culture icon who was even Super Mario (laughs) he was even Super Mario and it's in the Cyndi Lauper girls just want to have fun video and he's such a big part of that rock and wrestling boom it's weird like but if you had to narrow it down to a few people. He's in that small circle of people that is responsible for it. So I don't know if I could put him in the worst, but he would make my personal top four. I think he's one of those, like, you got to give him credit for what he did, but we still have big names that are going to bump him off the list for sure in any range. And I'll bring up one of those right now. Paul Bearer. I fucking love Paul Bearer. I mm, see. I don't know whether I would end up putting him on the Mount Rushmore or not. Which is like he's definitely a contender, but I think that his character was so it's it's weird. Like, li- well, no, limiting in the sense that there was only a very certain select group of wrestlers that he could manage with the gimmick that he had. But it's not like you could really change and like Paul Barrick's like a surfer now and he's managing, <laughs> managing surfer sting or something like that. That wouldn't work. Like he had to manage the undertaker and Kane and mankind and characters of those nature because his character wouldn't allow any different, but he obviously does a fantastic job in that role. His voice is so iconic and shrill and that just like worked perfectly for him especially at a time where the undertaker just wasn't speaking mm-hmm. yeah and, and you gotta figure wasn't speaking it, he's got iconic moments you know he's the reason why the Kane story works because he sells it he's the guy that has this great turn on the undertaker with the urn he is responsible for a lot of the times that the undertaker left you know he's like i'm gonna bring out the urn and this is the return of the undertaker because he's you know let's releasing the power or whatever the fuck they constituted at that time he he enhanced the undertaker's character for sure and 
people can do impressions of him. You know exactly who, you know, some of these other names on this list might be like, if you weren't watching at the time, you might not know who Armando Alejandro Estrada is. But if you're a wrestling fan, you know Paul Bearer. He's definitely a Mount Rushmore for me. Paul Bearer is he's so iconic. Just If you just take the 91 to 96 run alone with Taker, it's it. I've never seen since then something that fits so perfectly. Paul Bearer and The Undertaker is match made in heaven and or hell i think or, or hell <laughs> and i think without the muddying of the character that's what kind of kills it for me is all the stuff you do get into eventually with he's with kane and then he's not with kane because he's taker and then he's not like that's when it gets confusing but like the, those pure five years i think some of the best manager stuff ever done in wwe and I think he's at least, I got to put a pin in it. I don't know if he makes the final four, but I got to put a pin. How do you guys feel about somebody like, oh, actually, before we get into that, let's just talk about to address the other one. Paul Bear, way, 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 way better than Brother Love. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, well, someone had mentioned earlier about people looking at you with a straight face and saying that Dusty wasn't a rib. Uh, yeah, that might have been the time to bring up Brother Love. I... I like Brother Love. We don't really get to see him as a manager, so we don't know how that would have all turned out. I highly, highly, highly doubt it would have ever been as iconic. But yeah, Brother Love is a manager. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> how do you guys feel about Deborah? Deborah McMichael. I know how King feels. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, iconic because. Puppies was in the vernacular of wrestling fans. Solely, it, it still technically is. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those solely things people can't say. But, mm-hmm. but I can't say like, oh man, Deborah managing Jeff Jarrett was such was so good. Deborah managing Mongo so good. Deborah managing Austin, you know, like I, yeah, I don't really consider a lot of what she did as a manager to be that noteworthy, but she definitely iconic for what she ended up doing for the industry, I guess through the King as a manager, I don't put her anywhere close, but as a valet, potentially I I'd say she was crucial to Jeff Jarrett's act at that point in time. I think she was absolutely essential to him getting the heat that he got. Obviously, Jeff Jarrett is really good at playing is really good at playing a heel. But the big part, the biggest part that got him heel heat was the fact that he wouldn't let Deborah go out and strip, essentially, which is again just another uh, symptom of the attitude error. But that was essentially his his way of generating heat was to prevent Deborah from showing off the puppies or using the puppies in order to get wrestlers distracted in order to uh, take advantage of it. Like that's that again, it always boils down to the message that I share with a lot of people. Uh, Jeff Jarrett broke uh, 10,000 guitars over people's head and never drew a dime. But that <laughs> is, and realistically, I think at that point in his career, the reason why people thought that Jarrett was really good is because Deborah was the actual thing that was drawing attention to his character more than him actually being worth a damn, which he kind of never has been. 
it's funny that there's multiple people in WWE and outside of WWE that we could talk about when it comes to Jarrett, like the roadie or Karen or, you know, like, yeah, they always uh, attach someone to him and he still never, like it never amounts to anything. I'll talk about the roadie. I mean, life imitates art and that, uh, Jarrett <laughs> gone roadie. roadie yeah. Stays. That was the very first thing I thought of. Well, we'll talk about that on the hot tags. Um, you know, the roadie filling in right again. Um, here's a name that some people I could see making an argument for. I'm not going to for a Mount Rushmore, but I, I could see some people being upset about me kind of dismissing so f- uh, quickly. Paul Ellering, as part of the Road Warriors package, Paul Ellering, of course, is one of those iconic names. But I I got three or four managers that I would put way above him. I don't like Ellering wouldn't be in my Mount Rushmore either. I do want to acknowledge, yeah, huge part of the Road Warriors package was their legitimate business manager. So, you know, kudos to him for really pulling that off. And I think they had a special bond, but I think I ultimately there's more out there that are probably more iconic. And it's not like him managing AOP is anything that's noteworthy either. Uh, you had Johnny Polo on this list. And for the life of me, I will never think of Johnny Polo before I think of Raven. That's true. But he was a manager. He did manage the tag team champions. And I think he was marginally successful in a time where WWE as a whole was marginally successful and definitely definitely something I think helped him get to the next level as Raven which is weird that ECW is the next level but for Raven it was and that's about all I can say about Johnny Cola. I'm going to rapid fire a couple names. You stop me if you think there's something to talk about. Best or worst kind of range. Buell McGillicuddy. Francine. Best, best, uh, best, best non-WWA. Great what? looking uh, valet. Great ECW valet. Well, well, I'll tie, tie these together then. We got um, Buell McGillicuddy and Francine are basically. Right. 1A and 1. Basically the heel and the baby face. The top valets in ECW. And yeah, I think that again, they were primarily eye candy characters, but Bula had a bit more about her in terms of the connection with Tommy Dreamer and initially being brought in with Raven. She was used as a pivotal part of storylines, and I think Francine actually was too, definitely towards the later part of ECW as well. But she was tied to pretty much every top wrestler at, some, at one point or another during ECW's time. So I think they're both in contention for a non WWE one. There's a lot of people in the ECW thing. I didn't even write some of them down, but I'm remembering now off the top of my head, some names that are on that Valley list of just, you know, that's what they were in ECW. It was like, let's get sometimes even, uh, and what, what would you call it for the YouTube algorithm? An adult entertainment star, uh, mm-hmm. like a Jasmine Sinclair, or yeah, you look at a name like Kimono Wanalea, <laughs> you know, like yeah, they, they a- didn't stay away from that as much as, you know, I'm sure they had Jenna Jameson appear at some point as well. So, like, those names to me, uh, like, 
Where's Valet? Eh, who cares? They're just TNA. Um, Missy Hyatt. <laughs> um, that's I don't a, know enough about her, really. That's Missy a name that went around a long time. Again, ECW. She was. I know she was with the two managed the Sandman for a while. Yeah, Missy's iconic. Missy arguably laid the groundwork for Sunny, but I don't think we know enough about her personally to be able to put her on any specific list. If she was, she'd easily be on the best uh, non WWE valet. But because she is that good and that iconic, I just don't know enough. I haven't seen enough. Some other random ones uh, here Oliver Humperdinck. Uh, wasn't, was anything. only there for about a year and not very, not very memorable one way or the other. Yeah, uh, Teddy Long, I know him of course way more as the general manager of SmackDown than Teddy as a Long managing Doom is quite the hell of a package. Um, he never really broke through as a manager. For my own childhood, I really enjoyed the Rodney Mack three minute white boy challenge. Um, I also enjoyed. When he briefly managed Mark Jindrak as the reflection of perfection. I'm sure I'm the only one that remembers that, though. Um, he managed yeah, Mark Henry. Managed Mark Henry. Same deal as the Rodney Mack type thing. Yeah, Jazz good, as well. Good for what he did, but never got to do anything amazing. And I'm now I'm just thinking Mark Henry also had Tony Atlas as a manager. That was not great yeah that's not a good one uh, i don't know if it's one of the worst ones but it's definitely not good i don't I, i'd potentially put it under one of the worst because he, he wasn't useful at all and that just reminded me of abraham washington <laughs> a guy who oh, got God. fired during a, bad. <laughs> during a uh, managerial spot got him fired <laughs> mm. it's like uh no, i wouldn't put him under the worst uh because i actually thought that he was kind of funny like uh but uh, you know he's somebody that just a name that just came to my mind um we got davari uh we got ricardo rodriguez who he's not a manager he's an announcer he was a ring announcer and he was damn good at it he was yeah he's one of those characters that's sort of just he's kind of a guy you know he's not like worst or anything um jose lothario is a that big be part of the worst I was going to no. say, he's a big part of the Shawn Michaels story that I never liked. <laughs> Maybe no, one that's... of the worst things they ever did. It, it's just genuinely. He was, so, uh, he, he was just so lacking in character and personality that you put him right next to... I don't, I'm sure like, the argument was that because he was so drab that it would almost make Shawn look better because it's kind of like he's so flamboyant and full of personality to put him next to a guy who looks really boring. That seem make him seem even more fanboy, but it just it actually helped suck some of the life out of Michaels. Help, it probably contributes to the fact that his um, run as champion actually isn't that fondly remembered. Here's what I'll say: like I think that type of angle works a lot better in today's WWE, where people are more knowledgeable about the history of stuff. Nobody cared that this guy trained Shawn Michaels, and like oh, like. Shawn Michaels was a prick, and people enjoyed that about him, and you're mm-hmm. trying to actively make him a likable guy, and that, to me, never worked. Um, what else we got on this list? Maurice. Um, I mean, she's more of just a wrestler herself, but 
She's basically just been a valet for The Miz. Maurice as a valet for The Miz, I think it's one of the greatest packages they've ever given The Miz. And they tried a lot of things for The Miz, but I think nothing works better than when they put him with Maurice. I wouldn't go Mount Rushmore for her. Yeah, but I, I, if we're going like modern day valets, I'd, I'd Mount Rushmore her, but we're not specifying that. Um, Matt Stryker, we got, uh, for some reason, I have Grand Wizard written down twice. Uh, (laughs) That good. Kevin Sullivan. Um, Sullivan's weird, but he's like, it's a good kind of weird in terms of just. You would you would attach him to acts like the Dungeon of Doom, and it would work because he would have this almost satanic quality to him. Would you guys classify Virgil a valet? No, he's uh, a bodyguard. Because body, no, like bodyguard he's could like be valet. He's like a henchman. Yeah, I, I guess maybe more so. I mean, I don't think he was really there to make DBSD look good. Hey, he certainly wasn't a manager. That's for sure. And obviously, yeah, he, was, yeah, he, said it, he said it wasn't the brains of the operation. Yeah, obviously, the plan was to have him be the bodyguard and be the guy that you know stands beside DiBiase while he's the main character, and they do the whole turn and everything like that. I mean, I wouldn't Mount Rushmore valet him. <laughs> well, do we do we need a category of henchman because like China's a henchwoman? Maybe you know, let me put that off uh, on the side here. Just or body, a, bodyguard slash bodyguard slash hench, henchman or henchwoman because. I mean, uh-huh. Nicole Bass fits more into that category as well. Uh, yeah. See, but then, but... If, then if we're going to do that, then I have to, I have to say Diesel. If we're going to talk about about Rushmore bodyguards, I think Diesel belongs there. Um, I could see an argument for it. China's fantastic. You're not going to get me to say a single bad thing about China as what she brought to the package of Hunter and Sean and all that because. I've been doing a 97 Raw rewatch, and she's fantastic. And absolutely, I'd Mount Rushmore her in terms of bodyguards. To sort of like clarify on this side of things as well. So a bodyguard is someone who is actively there to protect and take the and take physical damage for the rest. Whereas a manager might take a bump every now and again. The bodyguard is strictly there to beat up people on the the behalf of the person they're bodyguarding. Yeah. Well, fuck. Do we have to throw in Mr. Hughes back in the conversation? <laughs> no, oh, I, I he still wouldn't be. I also think they're probably better bodyguards than, than Mr. Hughes. Uh, I would I think, think I would put Virgil and China definitely on the bodyguard list, hmm. and I'd put Diesel as a maybe. And then I don't know about a fourth yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll, yeah we'll see what other ones appear. Uh, I mean, you got uh, Commander, <laughs> got Commander Aziz. Yeah, he's not on that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's he's big. You know, I mean. Some other people are. <laughs> How long is this fucking joke been going? <laughs> Three years now. Still, it's it, well, to be fair. I say as long as he's still employed, but really, it will just keep going until. Like, no matter what, we're always gonna see him and say he's big. <laughs> it was the Evolve show, right? That was on the network. It was the 2019 Evolve show. <laughs> 2019, and, Christ. And you had just written, "Love is big." Colby Carino isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Is that literally what I still have written down here? Let me see on that. Uh, what was it involved? Uh, about 10 year anniversary show. Let me see if I can find that on here. That's a uh, bleach report. Uh, yeah, I can't seem to find it real fast. Well, while he's looking for it, um, <laughs> let's talk about a name that is one of the better ones outside of WWE. James J. Dillon. 
one of the four horsemen. On a non WWE list, I'm pretty sure he has to go on there. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, also like the, the manager of the most iconic faction of all time. So yeah, also managed Kamala. Also managed uh, Nature Boy Buddy Landau before he's managing the real Nature Boy, which is just tremendous. Um, he's definitely one of my favorites. He's someone that I've grown to love while doing more research. Now, as we look more at this list. What would you say about Amando Estrada? Like, I kind of just throw him in the whatever pile. Like, he was never going to be a big deal, but I think he did good in that time. <laughs> I found it on the <laughs> website. <laughs> it's uh, Evolve 131 pay-per-view prediction. Special challenge match. Babatunde versus Colby Carino. Babatunde is huge. Colby Carino <laughs> isn't. Prediction. Babatunde wins. And, yes. then under, <laughs> and then under the review... <laughs> Result, Babatunde wins by pinfall. Thoughts, Babatunde is huge. Colby Carino isn't. That's the in-depth conversation you can get on smartcalmo.com. Um, going, going back to Estrada and, and the, I guess, the program itself. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't think he's... Um, he's not really that noteworthy, I don't think. He's like a footnote in history. Uh, I'm, I'm looking through this list right now, trying to figure out if there are any other ones that can kind of be classified a manager, or a bodyguard for the manager. I, I've, I've got two. I've got two for bodyguards. Um, uh, Big Boss Man. He's kind of like the bodyguard of the corporation. I know he's still wrestling technically, but that was kind of his role for a while. And then again, not a WWE one, but Nine One One from ECW. I don't even remember Nine One One. He's, he he's, a good, he's a good bodyguard for Heyman. Yeah, essentially, he, all his role in ECW was was just choke slamming people. So I'm looking at this. Uh, there's a list of just bodyguards. Uh, uh, oh, so what it's like this. Luke Gallows, Biggie, Test, Umaga. I, I wouldn't like AC Kill Jackson was technically, I guess, a bodyguard for the Brian Kendrick, but now. See, I think actually you're looking at that list, and they're actually um, they're actually people that were like professional bodyguards. Before becoming a oh yeah, <laughs> uh, well. let's see. There's Diesel. There's Virgil. Batista. Sid was a bodyguard for a short amount of time. Um, Big E for Dolph Ziggler for a bit. Like Tyson's on this list. <laughs> if E would have continued, I think E before the New Day, I was ready to go. Well, he was better as a bodyguard than he was as a single. Um. Yeah, I, I saw Tyrus on that list of bodyguards. I'm uh, seeing a thing on here that I think we could potentially go with the idea of just kind of a, a little asterisk. APA. Uh, I mean, they never really managed. They, they were never term. like directly the bodyguard for anyone, though. They were they a could, bodyguard service. They could be the bodyguard for anybody. Well, well speaking of which, what about J&J Security? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they wouldn't go on it for me. Security were great. They were an excellent act. They were, they were a good act. They weren't good bodyguards, but they were like <laughs> an action. But but they were bodyguards who managed uh, Seth Rollins in an entertaining they way. Like they just weren't good at their job. Slash stooges, and it was great. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think the bodyguard necessarily has to be a good bodyguard. That's true. Yeah. That is true. As long as they're fun. I I would lean towards maybe yeah, like the ones. 
if you want to do the APA, but one string to might be Boss Man, J&J Security, Sid, maybe. I'd put Diesel over Sid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Diesel's over Sid, yeah, definitely. So I think I Diesel could be our... I don't know where I class the APA, because they were just for hire, pretty much. But I guess that could work. I'd put either APA or J&J above Big Boss Man, because Boss Man, I feel, was just another guy in the group. Uh, oh, I mean, I personally like Jane Joe, just because I just don't think uh, the APA were actual managers, whereas they were they were attached to Seth Rollins. So oh, that is true. Know. They were more specifically bodyguards for somebody rather than a tag team act that could kind of fuck around. Yeah, I mean, we can we can settle on that. Um, potentially put Jane J in that list. Yeah. We, we still have uh, plenty of other things to talk about. With like, well, uh, while we're here, though, I do want to point out again. Look at the amount of different lists we're giving you. Look at the amount of work we're doing. A dollar on Patreon is not that much to ask for a month. That's the thing. A dollar a month. This is just one podcast. We got another hot tags coming up for this week. We got the dark cast coming up. We got uh, all the ones that came out, like the top rope list we did, and uh, the mock draft stuff that we are taking care of and all that um you know plenty of pay-per-view content coming man this coming up pay-per-view stint we're gonna do three pay-per-views over the course of two days and i have like nine podcasts that week <laughs> that's insane um yeah so uh dollar a month just saying uh well, let's get to some of the meat of the matter let's talk about let's talk about someone who's probably going to be on the top of the list and make them out rush more of the overall managers. And that's Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's a guarantee. Paul Heyman yep. is yeah. a fucking mess. Paul Heyman is. But should we create another fantastic. one to advocates? <laughs> <laughs> and just have him on it. <laughs> yeah. He is a, an advocate. He is a uh, the wise counsel <laughs> for the tribal chief. He's a special counsel to the, the tribal man. chief. He's the wise man. He's. He's all of those things, and then I think that's even forgetting the fact that he was a great manager as Paulie Dangerously. Mm. The Dangerous Alliance is one of the coolest things pre-Nitro WCW ever did. And then you think about the fact that he's managed Kurt Angle, Big Show, Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Arn Anderson. I mean, Paul Heyman is it. He every way. He is also so iconic as a manager that there's a term related for that. You figure the Heenan family is a wide enough range thing. You could also say I'm a Paul Heyman guy, <laughs> and that is indicative yeah, of he is a manager. I want him to be my manager. That thing to the point that it's not even a fake thing. Like, Roman Reigns legitimately is like, I want this fucking guy to be my manager. I never want to work without Paul Heyman ever again. That's crazy. The two biggest stars that have been in this company for the past 10 years are like, Heyman is glue for me. He is without a doubt a guaranteed Mount Rushmore person. To the point that I would just say, like, I mean, he's fully locked in just for uh, you know he would have been locked in from the very start if i wouldn't have gone oh, yeah, with paul heyman i would have gone with paul uh the bobby heenan thing that would have been the other one i would have been like look we know we're gonna put him in there <laughs> you know another uh, name yeah. that i would say 
is pretty much a guarantee. There's two, it, well, all right, I'll just do it this way. This is kind of an easy way to do this. I got three names that I separated that I'm like, look, these are going in there somewhere and we can kind of bounce around here. Jim Cornette, Jimmy Hart, and Sensational Sherry. Yeah. Like Hart and Cornette, definitely under the manager side. Sherry, manager slash valet. I'd be willing to put her more into the valet side to make sure that she gets on a list and then have that spot open for the manager thing. I mean, let's break those down first. Start with Jimmy Hart. This dude managed every single tag team. I don't care (laughs) if you name the tag team. They were probably at some point managed by Jimmy Hart. The Nasty Boys, the Hart Foundation, uh, the Rougeos, Money Inc., Natural Disasters. Hogan was managed by this guy. Uh, that that's that's all the stuff he did after being, you know, the anchor of every single main event angle in Memphis while he was there because he was managing against Lawler when he wasn't managing Lawler. Uh, he was integral in the, the Andy Kaufman thing. Jimmy Hart. And then and then he made all of our favorite theme songs. I mean, the yeah. guy <laughs> is professional wrestling. I love Jimmy Hart. I think he's absolutely on the Mount Rushmore. The airbrush jackets are iconic. The megaphones are iconic. Let me tell you something, baby. (laughs) Yeah, the voice, the the mullet, the glasses, the whole package. Jimmy Hart is what a professional wrestling manager is. He is. He's an anomaly. This fucking guy barely ages. (laughs) That's one thing. And he eats apparently baked potatoes and baked beans and that's it. And he's like his late sixties, maybe seventies. I'm not entirely sure. He's got the energy of a fucking 12 year old. I don't know how he does it. He's a fucking great person. Uh, all across the board. He is literally, what's that? It'll make you feel, uh, weird out but what you said he's a uh, he's about to be 80 80 oh my god god damn that's awesome for him like this guy is uh he's iconic as you as much as iconic as you can get and he's of course carried over into the idea of like okay real life managing like he is legitimately a manager for hulk hogan in many different ways he has just like this laundry list of Places he's worked and people he's worked with and whatever. He's a guarantee for me. The Beatles off the chart with the gentry. I mean, like Jimmy Hart is he's gotta be on the Mount Rushmore. Wow. And, and somebody like Jim Cornette, you may disagree with the way that he says things. I know there's plenty of ideas that he's tossed out there that I disagree with. Uh there's plenty that I agree with. You know, he is a very controversial person fucking amazing to listen to on his podcast sometimes with the rants that he goes on to even if you disagree with him a great person to like as far as entertainment value goes i mean james e Cornette with the uh, the tennis racket and i'm of course a product of the new generation eras of camp Cornette. i know that i'm not the only person to say this too so i'm not going to feel like a complete fucking idiot I am not the only person in the world that thought that his first name was Camp for a short time frame. <laughs> that his name was just Camp Cornette. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's managed by Camp Cornette. And I'm like, all right, well, I mean, 
he's got a tennis racket. I guess Camp is his name or something. <laughs> but uh, I know more than one person has told me that they thought the same thing. So <laughs> I'm not too crazy. This isn't one of those. Uh, I like that your justification for his name being Camp is that he has a tennis racket. <laughs> yeah, you know, like uh, like Ugg from uh, Salute Your Shorts or something. <laughs> but uh, this is one of those Ricky Steamboat and Tito Santana are the same guy kind of moments. <laughs> So James E. Cornette, uh, outside of WWE, of course, he had a you know a whole career when it comes to that. But Jim Cornette in WWE, fucking fun character with Yokozuna and all these other people with Vader and all that. He's what like I could see people making an argument that maybe not necessarily he would be in the top four or whatever, and you could put Paul Bearer in there instead. He would be the one that I would be like, all right, it's one of those two kind of for my range, but I would probably lean more towards Jim Cornette. I don't know. Uh, like if he's not in the overall, which I think he should be, he's definitely in the non WWE because his run with the midnight express is so legendary before you even touch any of the WWE stuff he did, which is largely regarded in retrospect as kind of crap compared to what he did before then. The run in Mid-South and Crockett with the Midnight Express, the tennis racket, like we're talking about Jimmy Hart with the megaphone, the tennis racket, the whiny voice, the perfect, you know, oh, my, I'm just a rich kid. My mom bought me everything. It's, again, it's what you look for in a manager because fans think they can beat the shit out of this guy, <laughs> and a lot of them tried. And He took bumps for people. He uh, blew out his knees, falling off a <laughs> scaffold. Like he ordered a goddamn Cornette. roast beef sandwich with a double <laughs> menu, <laughs> double mayo, double cheese. Cornette's up there, man. Like when you think about manager, a manager's manager, you got to think Cornette. Also, another guy who legitimately managed the stuff for the midnight. Like it's he's definitely someone who I think is in the discussion. And maybe definitely a lock. Now, when it comes to Sherry, we talked about this before. Sherry, iconic, of course, which managed multiple different people. Everything from being, you know, the antithesis of Miss Elizabeth for Macho Man and the whole Macho King and all that. To even in WCW, I mean, part of Harlem Heat. Like, that's something that's like, you can't skip on some of these things, you know? You can say, hey, it's not, you know, Mount Rushmore worthy for her to come back and be a part of the Kurt Angle thing necessarily, but, you know, she was instrumental in making Shawn Michaels who he became. Just because, you know, we wouldn't have the sexy boy theme without Sensational Cherry and Jimmy Hart, too. I think he made that one, right? Yep. I would say, though, I would lean more towards Sherry being a valet than a manager, if not just to make sure that she was on that valet list. And and then Cornette gets on the manager list. Or even Cornette being on the non-WWE and Paul Bearer being on the WWE. Definitely worth uh, the discussion of it. I've gushed about Sherry in many, many podcasts. I think that she's... There were so many people. Hulk Hogan enjoyed working with Sherry because whatever she did got a reaction. There's that crazy promo 
with her and Savage and Zeus. And she's running around the cage. And uh, again, a lot of what we're talking about here, a lot of what I'm enjoying here is just the character work these people do. It's incredible. And Sherry definitely belongs on the ballet list, if not just the overall manager list. There's a case to be made that she would be on the regular manager list for sure. Where are you standing on these names, Callum? Um, I don't really have, honestly, too strong an opinion on Eva Cornet or Jimmy Hart because I wasn't watching at the time where they were actually quote-unquote managers. The most I know of Jimmy Jim Cornet is, obviously, I know a lot about Jim Cornet based on just him being a podcast and him being a personality and the wrestling historian, but it's more him being an authority figure in TNA is probably the thing that I know most mm. most for. Uh, Jimmy Hart, he, again, it was kind of he was kind of out of managing by the time that I was watching more often than not. He would come back with like legend appearances and stuff like that and would always be carrying the megaphone. I do appreciate um a manager with props. Yeah. Like like megaphone, tennis racket, urn. Cell phone for Polly. Yeah, 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 cell phone. Anything like that. Like that we need more managers that have something that <laughs> something that they carry which makes them distinctive. But I, I'm totally down with you guys um pushing for them to be part of the Mount Rushmore. It's just I don't have much to add on that front. With, with Sherry, again, just to push her more into the valet side of things, even though I do think that what she did was more of a, a managerial role, I think that so in order to ensure that she does get a spot on a, on a top Mount Rushmore is probably the right move to make because she was very characterful and added a lot to some people at the time which you could argue were lacking a bit of character. Like Michaels were just coming out of the Rockers and the Rockers were a very generic, bland tag team. And she helped give him that heartbreak kid personality. So I think that, yeah, she's definitely someone who should be on a, one of the top man Rushmore's. You know, a manager that had a really good prop, Mr. Fuji. <laughs> I just had to bring it up. <laughs> you talking about the hat or the salt? <laughs> Yes, oh. the uh, the flag as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Not as good of a hat as Odd Jobs. So. Yeah. No, I mean Odd Job. Uh, he's got at least one more kill count <laughs> that we know. <laughs> Check out the Reviewable Kill series on Fanboys Anonymous for more Odd Job discussion. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mount Rushmore of our uh, henchmen. <laughs> you know, he, he at least should have been if we didn't pick him for that. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. You- we we did Mount Rushmore for Bond stuff. For anybody that's wondering, there's legitimately like seven episodes or something of the Mount Rushmore of different Bond things after doing 26 different episodes of that. Such a great series. I missed that one. Uh, just while we're running through those ones as well, I kind of stumbled across well both a bodyguard and then just make a, a potential new, another bodyguard and then some just a wide discussion about a promotion which you haven't really brought up too much yet, which is AEW. Who's kind of led the way in the manager revival almost mm-hmm. in recent times, where well, obviously can mention a few people under that list. I don't know if any of them will be on the Mount Rushmore at overall, but worth discussing at the very least. But the bodyguard that I had in mind, and you might not agree with this now, considering where he is in his career, but Wardlow. Yeah, see, I wouldn't Mount Rushmore him necessarily, but Wardlow was a great bodyguard for MJF. I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of. And would you have supplant JJ's, JJ's security? Because I kind of would. With yeah, you know, I. 
it sounds kind of odd to say because he is such a brand new person, but at the same time, Wardlow helped. Vin Diesel was only a, a bodyguard for like right. a, half a year, something like that. And Wardlow was this person that they brought in as this MJF bodyguard, legitimately brought in as a bodyguard character to the point that he needed to win his freedom. He has improved after all this time. People were fucking going crazy for him as a bodyguard. He's beating the living hell out of people. I could see an argument for it. Yep. That and, seems and so crazy. To just be like, oh, Wardlow, yeah. But like, hmm. Uh, and then just looking at like just the wider remit of AEW managers, I mean, you have Stokely Hathaway, who's great, but I think he's someone who potentially could be given more exposure and more time. Again, it was, his time in NXT was pretty much completely wasted. So Yeah, Malcolm Bivens, uh, for an NXT manager thing, where you're talking about like Robert Stone and you're talking about... Uh, God, I'm thinking blanking on some of the other people. Alana. I mean, Lana was part of NXT and WWE, but um, we'll talk about her, I guess. Uh, Malcolm Evans, of course, one of the more prominent NXT managers, but he didn't really get a chance to flex his muscles, and he's better than that, I think. Robert Stone is still there, and he's barely getting a chance to flex his muscles. I like yeah, I'd almost Stone. add him to one of the worst as well. I like him. From a kayfabe perspective. Well, yeah, but from a kayfabe perspective, he's one of the most... He hasn't done anything, that's true. Time. Yeah. What about MVP? Uh, very, very good manager. Is, obviously, I, I wouldn't play Mount Rushmore, but he's nah. a great talker. He has helped save Bobby Lashley's career. Arguably helped reboost Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander when they could have gotten released. You know, the Hurt Business was great. I don't know why the mm. fuck Vince was like, all right, well, we had enough of that. People are liking it, you know. But uh, he's not doing great for Amas. Right now, I gotta yeah, say, I think, I think that's Omos. Yeah, isn't great, and MVP is just sort of with him. We haven't even really seen Omos in the past few weeks. I'm wondering if Triple H is just sort of like, look, it's not working out. I think I think they're just doing, as I said, like maybe a cycle thing where it's like Omos gets to fight a couple of jobbers one week, and then Veer gets to fight a number of jobbers a couple of, like the next week, and that's basically what they do now because. They still, I guess, generate some interest for like really casual viewers that have absolutely no idea kind of what WWE is, but see like a seven foot guy being up a load of small guys and find that mildly entertaining. That's kind of what their roles are now. We got to see honest. that uh, that amazing triple threat match between Commander Aziz, Omas, and Veer of just they all beat the crap at each other and one of them survives. Mm. Um, what else we got on this list? Iron Sheik was a manager for a little bit. Not good. Uh, well, well he's entertaining, but you know, it's like he's not really. I wouldn't, I wouldn't never want him to be talking for someone else. Yeah, the general Adnan stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, all that. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. People get in the mix there. Um, Charmel is a name we haven't talked about. She, I don't know. I mean, mm. I could see people if a you know a different era. I could see people being like, "Oh my god, she was a great valet and all that." She's not really somebody who I would necessarily put on that list over some other people, but um. She's big for her rather short stint. Yeah, she was she was fine. I mean, the Queen Charmel thing with the King Booker stuff was good. Um, I can't really think of Charmel without thinking of that match in TNA. Ugh. <laughs> so, oh, so maybe worst. that for that reason alone. I mean, for that reason alone, I'd say don't put her in, and also for a very similar reason, don't put Shelly Martinez on anything in, in the <laughs> good side either. 
Um, yeah, Salinas in uh, is that her name in TNA? Uh, yeah. And she yeah. was Ariel no, no, in no, WWE. No. She wasn't Selena. She was Rosita. No, no, that Rosita was, was, uh, was Yeah, Selena. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, because it was a uh, Sarita and Rosita. <laughs> Selena, I think it's interesting because like she won't get on the top managers one, but I don't want to class her as a valet. Like, she was a manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, she was way more of a manager than a valet, Selena. Yeah. But she, yeah, she's definitely on the higher end, but she won't get on the Mount Rushmore, unfortunately. Not that we necessarily need to make a separate list for this, but I'd say as far as like some more of like the more modern type things, Zelina and uh, Lana to me would be two that would be like, all right, Zelina was great for what she did. Lana was very instrumental to Rusev. Um, <laughs> had some other names that on this list that I just forgot that we didn't talk about. Would you classify a valet as somebody, or would you classify a whole separate category of main squeeze for Luna Mitchell? <laughs> I think Luna is tremendous. <laughs> I loved the Luna and Bam Bam package, but she's not under my Mount Rushmore valets compared to some of the other people. Um, <laughs> the main squeeze. I always thought that was funny. Sable was an instrumental character for a time frame where it was like to show off the switch from she was a valet for Hunter Hearst Helmsley. She ends up being saved by Wildman Mark Marrow. She's the valet for Wildman. He becomes a real douchebag character. She breaks away from him. She becomes her own big star, bigger than what Mark Marrow ever was able to achieve. Uh I mean, Sable as a valet. No. I would, I would say she's potential. I'd say she's got potential. She's got potential because she was a big character for that. Yeah, she didn't she really didn't do it. much. She didn't like, get anyone over and do that's, anything. That's the point. Well, that's the point. What did Miss Elizabeth ever do? Right. That's an argument she I was going to make. She, she never added, cut a promo. She added to the Savage package at least. Oh, Sable definitely added to the Mark Mero package. With Mark Mero, I think it was just. Well, no, like, she didn't okay, add to the Mark Mero. We need Mara to get rid of the other guy. <laughs> but she, she, she generated more viewers than Mark Mero ever could. I'll yeah, I mean, granted, much. granted. Uh, I mean, what, what about uh, Marlena? Terry Runnels. Yeah, Terry Runnels. Right. No, Marlena. Oh, Marlena. Yeah, definitely. Out of the two, out of the two characters, yeah, Marlena is yeah. more prominent. Back in the day, just as far as like, you know, look, we got to be perfectly honest. This is one of those things that's part of that discussion. And if anybody says that we're being like rude or piggish or something for saying it, it's, you know, uh, that's just a matter of fact. Valets, by and large, typically are, as we've said before, about eye candy. And in that era of Sonny and Sable and Marlena, then, you know, you eventually brought in some other people like Tori, like T-O-R-I, not Tori Wilson. Where it was like, look, hot girl. Look at hot girl. That's basically what they were doing. Marlena for, you know, a preteen kind of Tony. I thought Marlena was way more uh, eye-catching than so many of the other people that were out there. And Sonny, of course, was my main, uh, you know, instance for that. But, like, I was more of a Marlena guy than a Sable guy. I'm a little surprised by that. There was something about Marlena that I was just like, all right, I get it. She's sexy. And Goldust's character, of course, it was like so fucking weird. 
because it's like, what is this character? Why is he talking about movies? And he's got a, this random uh, wig that he throws and he's very uh, androgynous is the word that they always used back then and everything. But like the Marlena character never made sense to me, but I was always intrigued and not just based off of her looks. I was always just like, she like she the director behind the scenes is she doing that because she was sitting on the director's chair and all that that was the idea yeah yeah so it was like i thought that that was an engaging character terry runnels by herself and the whole terry uh tag team thing and all that i wasn't watching for that but i mean terry runnels of course didn't stop being attractive once they stopped the marlena thing but uh that side of things nah the marlena thing I'd at least be tear her, I think. I think she, I think she has the potential. I think that actually the more that we've discussed it as well, I kind of think we need to include Trish in discussion for Valor as well. Yeah. I'll and add her down on the list. Just yeah. think that she's she did too much and managed too many people in the short stint of time that she was just a pure Valet to to not be recognized for it. Here's the name we haven't talked about yet. Vicky Guerrero. It's um, obviously divisive figure in terms of, but it's like fantastic heel, absolutely brilliant heel, and the stuff that she would do with. I mean, re- realistically, when she became a valet, it was realistically only for Dolph, pretty much. In WWE, oh, obviously Eric Escobar, but we don't like talking about that. <laughs> and, and Jack uh, Swagger was there. Yeah, Jack Swagger was there as well. So. That was kind of all she really. I mean, she managed a couple of the women occasionally, like uh, Lake Hall and stuff like that. But and uh, she managed Big she Show. Was. Yeah, Did like, she... but she didn't really manage Edge or Big Show because she was general manager at that point. So that was kind of like she was there she alongside them. them. But but that her role wasn't a manager; it was a general figure. That's, <laughs> By yeah, the way, for anybody's wondering, manager. that does not mean that we're doing general managers on no. this set. <laughs> That's semantics of that. Uh, he goes, oh, they're assistant manager. No, that doesn't count. And obviously her managerial running AEW has not been particularly successful. No, I think it's been garbage. Yeah. Oh, so and, definitely uh, not Mount Rushmore, but she was great in at her peak. She was great. Yeah. She's somebody that I can't Mount Rushmore in like any kind of real serious capacity compared to some of these other ones that we have on our list. But figure she's worth talking about also would say this it might sound negative i don't want to put her down under worst because she's not the worst or anything but what a disappointment it was for Paige to be a manager when she had that whole thing with uh mandy rose and well, uh she wasn't going to be a manager there i think the only time she's ever actually just straight up a manager was the kabuki warriors that too but like Whenever they tried to give her some kind of a manager spot, it didn't work. She's somebody who, like, yeah, Paige. They didn't give her anything to sink her teeth into. Like, her career went in the complete fucking opposite direction of where it should have gone just because of her injuries Injuries. and other things. Like, this is not how it should have played out. This is some worst timeline type stuff. But uh, (laughs) she's not, like, worse. She's not, you know, fucking uh, Bapu or something. Uh, oh god, you know what that Babu just reminded me of? Sakamoto. Mm. <laughs> Fuck mm-hmm. me. I mean that was quite that was very, very short lived, but you know. 
for not reasons. Again, not great. Was he a manager or was he a valet? Uh, he was he, a punch bag. Babu. <laughs> yeah, I'd say he's, he's on the level of Babu, whatever you want to class Babu as. Do we do we need a separate thing for like the alternative of bodyguard, well, which man is Oh, you know what? I'm gonna make it. <laughs> so I can do it. Well, yeah. Well, that, well, then you can fit in a uh, Babu <laughs> and uh, Sakamoto, and I'd probably say Ricardo Rodriguez fits into that as well. Yeah, yeah, Ricardo. <laughs> but none of these are any good. No, these are the worst. Uh, well, yeah, but the, but the, like, uh, what we're gonna come up with a best and worst man Oh, uh, we don't think. I don't <laughs> I think, think we need to. I can't think of any good manservants there have been. No, I don't think we need to make a, a worse uh, and best. Technically, if you want to go with that. Yeah. He's more a manservant than he's a bodyguard. You definitely fit to the Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fucking stupid sometimes. I love it. Um, <laughs> currently have, what, seven lists going up right yeah. now of like possible ranges of this. All right. Uh, that, that means we need to settle on some of these things. Um, Oh, hang on, we're going to finish up some other things on like the um, uh, non WWE. The non WWE, yeah. We got like so. In, so, so you have some people listed there, like uh, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Taz Dick Roberts, Taz, Major Guns, and WCW. Oh, right, she's definitely like one of the. <laughs> I, I'd say our oh, worst valets. You're looking at um, for WCW side of things. You're looking at Major Guns and Gorgeous George. Yeah, I couldn't tell you anything that they did, and I couldn't also tell you anything that Pamela Paul Shock did. Well, she was an interviewer. That's what she was. She was a, yeah, she wasn't a valet. Yeah. Ah, all right. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's how little uh, I know about Pamela Paul Shock. I, I, yeah, I know she was like really at the back end of WCW, and then I think she was early TNI as well. As a, can we? Can, if we're still doing, do we fill out the worst managers? Because so quite subtle on things. So, oh god, oh. what was her name before I forget it? Uh, the WCW girl, um, Medaja, Medaja, Medaja. That's well, she's what definitely it was? not one. She's definitely not one of the worst. She was. She just with, existed Scott, to be. Yeah, she was just alongside Scott Steiner. So, I don't think she's one of the worst. Gorgeous George and uh, Major Guns are far more like. Listen, bad, I don't know how but, many chances I get to say this name on a podcast, but uh, worst manager Mortimer Plumtree. Who? Right. Mortimer Plumtree. I'm 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 struggling to remember that one off the top of my head. Manager of the Johnsons. Oh, right, that guy. Right, go ahead yeah. and look up Mortimer Plumtree and the Johnsons, Tony. This guy looks like a stiff breeze could knock him out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether he's like he's left any kind of lasting enough impression on wrestling for him to be. Hey, look at, look like... at the Johnsons. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you could potentially uh, class a, um, oh yeah, oh yeah, that was also a, you see an image there of, a, that's not him, but that's a Ryan Shamrock with um, the maestro. Oh, good lord. So yeah, she was she was bad in that role as well. Uh, but you class maybe potentially as a bad manager, Vince Russo as well. I don't even know if I would classify him as a bad manager. Yeah, uh, maybe not. I, I know that there's all these uh, lists going on and everything, but uh, but uh, yeah, I would say if we're looking to now just to kind of narrow down because we're already about like what hour and a half in here, hour and a uh, half uh, in, yeah, almost two hours. Want, <laughs> yeah, probably want to start uh, nailing down these ones then. 
Well, the reason that I just very mentioned things like Freddie Blassie or all on Scotland and stuff like that. Yeah, we just can't get around to everyone. Talk about Freddie Blassie, one of the most notable wrestlers of his day, and I think as WWE was transitioning into the global phenomenon, he was a very important heel manager. I mean, he did manage Jeek in the Garden with Hogan, didn't he? He also managed Hogan. Yeah, but then yeah, then you have like the. You got your Arnold Scarlands, who's the main manager of uh, Bruno San Martino. Got Grand Wizard as well. People of that era who are just people that I'm sure people of a different generation to us would probably prioritise as top managers, but ones that our lack of familiarity probably uh, impinges us from including them on on a Mount Rushmore list. Right. Yeah, like oh, I but- always hear about Grand Wizard, but I don't know if I've seen much of anything he did. I honestly I, can't I even would, tell you what Grand Wizard looks like. That's how little I know. A, he's got a uh, turban on it. A really cool look. Yeah, he had this like um, these really like um uh how would you describe it? luminous jackets and stuff like that, like reflective and stuff like that. He was. I mean, I mean, you'll yeah, look at it. And you'll very see. Unique, yeah, very unique look. <laughs> okay, well, okay, first don't, thing... don't, don't search for the Ku Klux Klan. I just typed Grand Wizard yeah, in on. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you might need to do that because Grand Wizard just by itself. Pretty sure that that would be the worst. <laughs> you just go. <laughs> oh man, that's a terrible name to have. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't have uh, picked this guy out of a crowd. I think it's a really cool look. Like, no one, no one had that kind of flash in those days. And look, he managed WWF champion uh, Billy Graham. That dude from uh, Star Trek had at least those goggles. <laughs> a little fucking Cyclops thing going on here. <laughs> What's that guy's name gonna- from? Uh, Star- I don't. I'm not a Star Trek guy. Uh, Which one? Just like this. The, uh, the one with the, the visor. You think the the uh, you feel a cyclops from the X Men? No, I said the oh. like the cyclops like visor, the guy that Star right. Trek had. Uh, yeah, he wasn't a part of the one with Kirk and all that. He was the other one with a Picard. Is it Sulu? Is it? No, nah, Sulu's a, a Kirk guy. Okay. Uh, I'm blanking. I had some Star Trek person's yeah. gonna be like, "My God, this is one of the most iconic characters." Wait, is it a Jordy LaForge? Uh, yeah, oh my god, it is the reading rainbow guy. It's LeVar Burton. Yeah, LeVar Burton. Yeah, I know where it's LeVar Burton. I should have said that. Yeah, anyway, that's uh, I'm much more of a Star Trek character. So I don't know. Um, I, I would say just one more name to bring up for like potential non WWE uh manager, uh, Father James Mitchell. Oh, I love the Sinister Minister. Yeah, so that's great. a that's a name I am well aware of at this point. Um, from just the uh, outside of WWE today, stuff. Really? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, he pops up in TNA every now and again. Still, like uh, mainly involved in segments involving Rosemary. As far as like, I mean, TNA was not something I was super, um, well, knowledgeable about or whatever. But I always disliked SoCal Val as far as valets goes. I never understood why she was part of the roster. Was, you know. I mean, she was she was mainly just a ring girl, really. But the only time she got involved in the story. valet stuff was with the uh, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt storyline. Hmm. We're still together. Uh, Christy Hemi was like valet for I a like while. I like the Rock and Raven. Rock and Raven infection. Yeah. So it's 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 hard to pick them all out, like because you could look at uh, oh who's that um 
Chelsea, wasn't it? That woman with um, oh, with the Desmond oh, she. Wolf. I liked her a lot. She she would have been really good if they had gone anywhere with Desmond Wolf. She ended up just pushing around Ric Flair's wheelchair. Chelsea, Allison Skipper. Uh, I don't think she did anything else. I no, she didn't really do much of anything. I don't recognize her. Um, you're just sort of there to be with uh, Desmond, and then his career slowly but surely just stopped. Yeah, they did the thing where like she she was managing Desmond Wolf, but was kind of not super into him. And then they did a storyline where Abyss won her for thirty days, I think, or something like that. T N A. Yeah, I don't recognize her. Um, but but yeah, that's uh, but yeah, she wouldn't be like best or worst or anything. I'm just like just trying to think of names from outside of just the whole WWE bubble. But well, we haven't talked about Baby Doll, and I think as a non WWE valet. Probably should. She was with Kelly Blanchard. Oh, yeah. His perfect 10. She eventually, uh, they do the thing because, of course, it's wrestling where he starts abusing her. So Dusty saves her. And she eventually betrays him to go with Flair, which, good package deal there. Um, I would say she would be in consideration for a non WWE valet. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so as well. I know we've and been all over the place, but like, this does cover so much ground, you know. Yeah. Wrestling yeah. managers and valets, it's it's a lot of fun, honestly. It's it's one of those things where I really wish they would use them prominently. AEW has a lot, but they don't really use them prominently. They've dwindled a little bit on that now. You know, Arn Anderson not popping up, of course, without Cody. Tully Blanchard not seemingly in the mix anymore. Taz is no longer with the whole Team Taz thing. I haven't seen Jake Roberts in a long time. Mm. DP stopped being a part of that only you know here and there yeah it's it's mainly at the moment it's mainly it's uh smart like, totally half, yes totally, yeah, totally halfway uh yeah smart mark sterling uh i guess um i guess you class uh i mean jericho occasionally and the, the, don like, callus is, is back oh yeah don callus is back yeah i wouldn't put the jackal on any mount rushmore but <laughs> no yeah. jackal not on even uh WWE one or anything. Um, then that's the um, thing too. There's so many people yeah, that we, we can't. New Japan that I know of as well. <laughs> well, even just like, like uh, WWE side, there's so many people that we can't even just talk about because it's like there's no point in talking about them, like the Jackal, or that they just we can't remember because they've been each year. There could have been potentially five to six different managers that just you know, hey, this person was tried out as a manager for this or. You know, this person started to be a manager, then they became a wrestler, and there was a short time frame. Like, we're never going to be able to talk about all of them. But, um, uh, shout out to Miho be... Abe and Peter. Oh, oh yeah. Miho Abe and Peter. Yeah, definitely. Peter Ch- in particular. Absolutely. For New Japan Valleys. I mean, you can't get more iconic over these past bunch of years than what, uh, what she's been able to do. And then uh, just from the manager side of things on New Japan as well, you've got probably you're looking at Ghetto mainly, and uh, and oh, one of the worst ones, Dick to Go. Everybody loves everybody loves some Dick to Go. <laughs> just uh, for the sake of it, uh, I I trust you guys to figure this out more than uh, more than I because you've delved more into them. Uh, would you think of an instinctive combo list of manager valet thing for New Japan or TNA or yeah, like that kind of thing? Or maybe okay. even just like four for both of their are like that. Like, how do you spell uh, people's name? 
P-I-T-A? Uh, P yeah, P I E T E R. Oh, P I E T E R. Yo, it's like Peter with just an I in it. No, Peter. Oh, Peter. Peter, like Pete, the, like the name Peter. Like Peter Griffin, but with an I in it. Yeah. Uh, she would be under the valet list or whatever. Is there like a? There's not many. There's, it's her and Miho, are they? It's kind of it. I guess you could say Maria Canellis was there for a while. There are many. Oh, yeah, that's right. We didn't even talk about Maria. Maria was even in WWE. Uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, she, she wasn't, she was only a valet for Mike Canellis in WWE. Cause she never managed when, uh, in her first run, really. It was, um, she's mainly there. F- well, she's mainly just been the manager of Mike Canellis or Mike Bennett for his entire career in, uh, wherever he goes, Ring of Honor, TNA, WWE. Uh, a lot better in that role than whenever she was doing the airhead ring announcer. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, realistically, if you are looking at um, New Japan ballets, it is literally Peter and Miho Abe, and then basically anybody else that Yujiro Takahashi brings on in his kind of equivalent of the Ho Train, because he's the Tokyo pimp. So is there, is there even a fourth if we had uh, those three and? No, as I say, New Japan don't do women. That's kind of that's the kind of yeah. thing. until until very recently they just don't they don't have women's performers. Yeah, so maybe so. we can't even necessarily do a list of that. Um, nah, not not a valets. You could do like a mixed list of wrestlers of managers and valets. I would so, totally um, trust you two to figure out that list. <laughs> oh, I mean, if it's a mix of again, it's. It would have to be fairly recent because I don't know people going like stretching back like years and years. I know obviously pretty much anybody in the um, U.S. went over for New Japan. Anyone super prominent in the U.S. went over to Japan for a, a stint every now and again in like the seventies and eighties. But in a more recent list, you're probably looking at Gedo, Peter, Miho Abe, and uh, it would be a fourth one. I don't know if anyone, one that's like more strictly a manager because Dick's a does wrestle. I mean, Ghetto does wrestle as well, but like he very, very rarely. Um, yeah. Impacts, I don't know. There aren't, there aren't that, that many great valets in Impact. Maybe like Hemi. Karen Jarrett. Karen. Karen Jarrett sucks. Yeah, she sucks. Uh, you put the beautiful people, you can't even really say they're valets because they didn't. They weren't valets for anybody. Yeah. Don Callis uh, is listed there. There's point of our plum tree. Uh, yeah. Rockstar Spud. He was good. That's a male valet if I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I already wanted. Yeah, I mean, we, much, get, we don't even need to really get into that. <laughs> That's true. It's like, it's uh, like long enough, is it? It's taking long enough as it is, and we haven't even broken, we haven't even confirmed all the ones we actually want to do. Yeah, so you know what we're going to do? We're going to say, fuck New Japan and uh, TNA, Impact, and even a separate AEW list, because they haven't been around too long. Fuck them. We got enough lists. There you go. Uh, so we do have manager valet, worst manager, worst valet, non-WWE for both of those. Without doing best and worst of non-WWE. Bodyguard and manservant. <laughs> if we want to separate those things. Okay. Um, where do you guys want to start here? Uh, I guess maybe we should 
specify the difference between the bodyguard and the manservant thing, just because that's one of those random ass ones that we've done. Manservant um, is like Babu or Sakamoto. It's someone who who isn't there to protect the person. He's just there for the person to to do essentially jobs for the person. I'm gonna keep these in the same best bodyguard slash worst security would be like the the middle circle in that Venn diagram mm. between manservant and bodyguard. Like the Stooges were good manservants. Uh, Patterson and Briscoe. We got. The idea of the, uh, I think that they're kind of almost equivalents of each other. So that's like the best and the worst. So we don't have to do worst bodyguard and best manservant. Because basically that's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we got Babu, we got Sakamoto, we got Ricardo under the <laughs> manservant list. Possibly Virgil. Possibly J and J. Word low, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, I think we can pretty much probably rule out big boss man and an APA I'm willing to have uh word low under the best bodyguard and to put, um, instead of Virgil under the worst man servant, have J and J under that as like the, the losers. Well, that makes it, yeah, but it makes it feel like they were bad, which they weren't. They were great. They were, I would say they were the best on the man servant side. Thanks. They were worst bodyguard, but that also kind of made them good. It's weird. <laughs> I guess then, how do we specify worst? Um, we can just call it our list of bodyguards and manservants, and just like have a mix of good and bad. Because realistically, I can't think of any other manservants outside of those four. So yeah, we could just say Mount Rushmore of bodyguards, Mount Rushmore of manservants. Yep. And just the, the character wise, and we could do uh, Virgil, China, Diesel, Wardlow for bodyguard. Manservant, Babu, Sakamoto, Ricardo, J&J. Cool with that. Yeah. All right. Look at that. We, uh, we got that sorted out. Um, hmm. Let's go get the worst out of the way. Yeah, let's get the worst of the uh, managers and valets. We got a couple written down here. These aren't under the worst. I don't want to have that uh, confusing. Um, I would say under the worst valets we're all kind of in agreement of at least mama Benjamin Sapphire and Mrs. Cleavage. Absolutely. And then I would say major guns just because. Oh, uh, well, I say like, we haven't included, we haven't got listed under those ones. We haven't listed either cherry or Nicole Bass. Yeah. Cherry Bass. was so ineffective. I might say cherry. Ryan Shamrock. Oh, Ryan Shamrock definitely should be. I'd, I'd put Ryan Shamrock over Mariana. Definitely. I think I'd allow that. And I'd almost, and I don't know, I guess, like, Nicole Bass should be on a worst list. See, Hmm. I don't, my thing with that is, like... I don't know if I'd put her in valet, though. I think she might kind of just fall into that void. Hmm. Okay, maybe. But then, yeah, if we put Mariana or uh, Gorge George... Because Gorgeous George was only in the company because she was Randy Savage's girlfriend at the time. Hmm. But, uh, and she didn't really do it. I guess she didn't do anything like super offensive besides just be know, there. Be there, really. So I guess the miss, the whole Mrs. Cleavage is a bit, uh, yeah. is a bit <laughs> terrible. But then again, she wasn't around for very long either. 
I'd put Mrs. Cleavage over Gorgeous George. Because that's like... Gorgeous George, okay, she's uh, an attractive woman that stands there. Mrs. Cleavage is like, that's a really offensively bad character. I guess so. Mom and Benjamin Sapphire, Mrs. Cleavage, Ryan Shamrock? Yep, we can do that. Yeah. Just Cherry. I mean, she sucked, but like... Eh, whatever, you know. She stood there, she roller skated, whatever. She lasted long, longer in WWE than I thought she did. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, West, West managers. Got, we got Oscar. I'm, I'm, to- I'm to- Oscar being there. You're cool with Oscar? Yeah, I'm cool with Oscar. Uh, Kim Chi's dumb. Just a guy in a... Well, I don't even know what you'd even class the mask that he wore as. Um, I, I like Yamaguchi. His son being there as well. No, it's just one of these other four. And I'd say probably you're looking at Lothario with that one, actually. Ooh. Lothario could be a good pick for that because of how prominent they made that character. Oh, yeah, he was the WWE Champions manager. And he sucked. Yeah. I, I could, I'd put him on the worst. I could see that being a case. And it's supposed to be such a like an iconic thing and all that, but it's like it sucked. It's legitimately so, like the worst thing Michaels did. And Tony Allen has had that laugh at the least, at the very least. It's like a seal. Mm. He always said mock Henra as well. Mock Henra. Uh, at least he didn't get into the feet stuff. <laughs> so that's, that's a different list. Okay. Best and worst okay, feet. So- <laughs> Talk to the Tony Atlas about that list. <laughs> Um, so we got non WWE and WWE manager valet, possibly crossovers, that kind of thing. Um, so I'd say non WWE. I'm, I'm, I like the fact that we got Gary Hart and Jane Jones, and I think they're definitely the best non WWE managers. And I would add Jim Cornette to that one as well because I don't think actually Jim Cornette's managerial stuff in WWE was that great. Yeah, I think Jim Cornette's better as a non WWE like- person than WWE. So that manager is, is is officially WWE, Mount Rushmore of WWE yeah. managers. I think we okay, could yeah. probably put it like that. I could also yeah, say I, I can live with it. I could say that that would be the case even necessarily outside of that. But I could I could see an argument for people saying, and I mean I I'm totally fine with this not being the case. But I could see on that non WWE list we have Gary Hart, JJ Dillon, Jim Cornette. I could see people trying to make the case for Paul Ellering. Um, definitely has a potential, but I think there might be other options. There, there are probably other options. Who would you guys put down as potential fourth? Uh, you got uh, James Mitchell's potential. Uh, I'd say that you've got. Um, trying to think of just what's definitely Paul Ellering should be in the conversation for it. Um, I think there's an argument for Tully. I know it was short-lived, but I think his stuff in AEW was really good for the time that he was doing it. Um, trying to think of other ones. Kevin Sullivan, I think it's a definite shout as well. Uh, anybody else sticking out to you, Rob? Um, well, we, the, I would say that... No, and with the list we have, I guess there is probably a better chance to throw in uh, well, Paul Ellering. Huh, yeah. 
No, I'm, I'm, I was just going to suggest somebody. I'm like, nah, it's they're WWE. Um, huh. Huh. I mean, you, you can almost make the argument that, like, Scott Demore, maybe, but I don't know if I'd put him out Rushmore. No, not, but, just team, not just for Team Canada, I don't think. Would that um, be, like, a spot for, like, a Skander Akbar or Grand Wizard or something that we would be, like, not necessarily well, Grand us? Wizard would, would be WWE. Uh, yeah, Skander he would Akbar, WWE. Maybe, sure Skander Akbar, there, there's an argument to be made there. Oh, Holly Rice. Oh, my God, the run with Vader, yeah. Holly Rice could be a definite potential for that. That's yeah, right. that run with Vader. I was just, shame on me. I was just watching some Sting versus Vader before you called me. Um, Harley Race was so good in that role. I'm gonna look up um, one more list to see if there's anybody. Teddy else. Long. If you're ever gonna throw him on any list for a manager, it might be the outside WWE one. Uh, I probably wouldn't lean too much into that. I just he's just when I think Teddy Long, I think. First general manager and second referee. Yeah, I don't think uh, I'd put Teddy Long over some of these other ones, like you know, James Mitchell or Harley Race or Ellering. Um, yeah, I'd, huh. yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably out of those ones, looking at them, I'd probably actually lean towards Paul Ellering. I think he has the, like, he was part of probably he managed probably the biggest act out of all of those ones. And he hit like a AWA. Um... WCW, he does do As the next day, yeah. WWE, and the yeah the the uh, authors of Pain as well, absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess maybe even just because it's like outside of the yeah because he wasn't as big of a deal in WWE for the Road Warriors, but outside of it, he definitely was. It do, it does kind of strike you with the fact that if you want to be a good manager, you kind of need to be called Paul. That is true. There's Paul Bearer, Paul Heyman, Paul Ellery. <laughs> Admittedly, that's not Paul Bearer's actual name. So yeah, but that'd be a lesson though. If you want your name, if you want to be famous, you better get a gimmick name with Paul. If you want to be famous in wrestling, because you got uh, Paul White, you got Paul Levesque. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of Pauls out there. Pamela Paul Shock, I guess. Technically speaking, I brought that name up. Um, better, that'd be cool. Better, cool Paul. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Gary Hart, JJ Dillon, Jim Cornette, Paul Ellering for the non WWE list. That sounds about right. And then I'm kind of pretty okay with the, the manager list that we have for WWE side of things as well. Yeah, manager Absolutely. list for WWE being Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart, Paul Heyman, Paul Bearer. That sounds yeah. about right, too. And the valets, we've got Elizabeth, Sherry, um, Stacy. Are we locking in, Stacey? Mm. Let's so see. There's, there's a few options to these ones. We know we, at the very least, Miss Elizabeth is a guarantee. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we got uh, seeming, share, share seemingly nine guarantee. names that could go into the other four. Oh, oh, the oh, other Sherry, yeah, Sherry's a guarantee. A oh, sensational Sherry, yeah. Sherry. Yeah, yeah, she's she's definite. So she's I'd locked in. I'd say Sunny. I would say Sunny as well. And then yeah. I would yeah. say out of the other ones to get one. Trish. One out of Stacy, Deborah, Sable, Maurice, Marlena, Trish, and Charmel. Trish, because she parlayed it into the most successful group. I think that almost discounts it for me because I think like we've already we probably already put her in the best one for greatest women's wrestlers of all time. We did so. Yeah, <laughs> I know she was very good in the role as a valet, but it's kind of superseded by her wrestling career. I think that you're the ones that stand out most to me are Marlena, Sable, and Stacey. That's what I'm kind of thinking too. Because Deborah, I think 
arguably had like a B. I, I'd put Deborah in the B tier if we're going to make a potential B tier out of this because we, we have enough people that we could. Um, Honestly, I'd, I'd put Deborah in the B tier. I think I would put Maurice in the B tier. I think I'd go Marlena B tier. And then whoever I wouldn't pick between Stacy and Sable. I think I'd lean actually uh, Stacy being B and Sable A. I, begrudgingly, because she is one of the top X from the Attitude Era and was actually a big deal. I guess I'll say Sable as well. Yeah, we can go with that. So then it would be a B tier of Marlena, Maurice, Deborah, Stacy, A tier of Elizabeth, Sherry, Sunny, and Sable. And then non-WWE, we currently have written down Woman, Nancy Benoit, Buell McGillicuddy, Missy Hyatt, and Francine. Uh, so we need to add Kimberly Page to that. And I would say Maria Kanellis as well. Would you maybe uh, add uh, Peter from New Japan? <laughs> uh, nah, she, I mean, all she does is dance to the ring. But she does the, it very, very well. Ballet, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. you know. That's uh, I'm not complaining, but it's, uh, <laughs> it might be enough to that. Uh, I, I would add Baby Doll to this list. Yeah, Baby Doll definitely as well. What was Baby Doll again? Uh, she, she so was, she was um in NWA. She was uh, Tully Blanchard's uh, main. Bella. I know Baby Doll. Baby Doll NWA. Yeah. yeah, you know she I was, I don't remember her. She was very prominent at the time. I mean NWA is not a you know, company that I've really followed too much. Um, she, she was a big character at that at that, at that time, so I, I would I would put her ahead of uh, pretty much anyone outside of woman actually on that list. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think she should absolutely be on this list. If I'm doing it, it's Beulah, Baby Doll, Woman, and Missy. Right. Uh, I could I could go along with that. Honestly, like. I think you got Francine, Kimberly Page, Maria Canellis, and then you could throw some like uh, I'm that, uh, the one's not springing to mind right now. Oh, probably actually, and and this would be just personal thing. I would probably go with Katrina from Lucha Underground. I just think it was like she was like the one of the pivotal characters in that entire run of that series. Thank in pro wrestling history. Let's see if I can find a, a list of some other people that we might have forgotten or something. I mostly doesn't look like we forgot a single person. Uh, let's see. This is the hottest list. Um, some of the uh, I mean, you could technically you could add uh, Deborah to that to, to this one if you wanted to. Deborah is Deborah was in WCW beforehand. Do you want to add? Uh, yeah, she had not. You could add Marlena as well because she was Alexandra York before she became Marlena as well. So you know, potentially put Deborah over in the non WWE and move either Trisha Charmel into the WWE Valley one. You could move Charmel because, like, at the end of the day, Trisha's going to be always be on like a top women's list anyway. So you might as well she she does she could be freed up a little bit. Maybe or uh, we could or, or we could uh, add Lana to that list instead. Lana, I think. I don't know. You know, that's tough again, too, because it's like, well, Lana was definitely a manager, but she also was a valet because her main role there outside of just being, you know, the mouthpiece was to be the attractive woman next to Rusev. So 
I could see an argument for. I, I yeah, I'd potentially put her over. Um, I'd put her Chimel. over Charmel. Yeah. Or or we make Selena that character instead because it feels wrong that Selena's not on the list as well. I think I'd put Lana over Zelina. I put Zelina over Grace. I could see an argument for that though. Oh man, this stuff. <laughs> I just I just think Selena should be on the list. So that's kind of <sighs> what I. Well, at least, at least like a B tier for this, surely. Yeah, I would agree. Zelina should absolutely be on A list. Because Maurice doesn't really. I mean, again, as a ally said, they don't really need to do too much. But like, and also she is more prominent as a wrestler than Selena was. Well, at least in WWE's uh, parlance. Yeah, Selena's been a tag team champion, but Maurice was a multiple time Divas champion. So. Hmm. We actually don't have a B tier for the WWE managers. <laughs> I just realized that. And, we, and we're only one person away from a B tier of the non WWE managers. If we could think of somebody else that could go there, um, who would be a manager to go with? Father James much. Mitchell, Kevin Sullivan, and Harley Race. Uh, who would stand out? Uh, Lou Albano, but for non WWE, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was definitely not just WWE. Well, was he? It, uh, I, I don't. I think I'm pretty sure he was outside of WWE. I think he did a lot of the territories. I think if, just, if I'm gonna go with Lou Albano, he's probably like he's probably a B for a B tier WWE. That's how I was thinking. Like we got Albano, we got Fuji, we got uh, Harvey Whippleman. We could put Lana. We could put Zelina. Yeah, one of them in the manager. Fair, to, yeah, to be fair, I'm just looking at uh, Lou Albano as well. And when he became a manager, it was pretty much just pre-solely WWE, so yes. Yeah, because yeah, like, he owned. But he could be in the he could be B for WWE. Very nice. How about we play around with this a little bit? This sounds kind of like we're trying to have our cake and eat it too, but that's kind of the whole point. How about we put Lana on the valet, Zelina under the manager, because Zelina was Yeah, more of a manager. I think more of a manager than a valet. And Lana arguably had a little bit more of a valet kind of part to her than a manager. That's kind of tough. They're about 50-50. I don't know. Uh. We're, not, we're not seriously putting Harvey Whippleman as one of the, as a B-tier manager. I potentially. <laughs> I, I mean, if we could put Lana in there and replace Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, I would put, uh, I would probably do that. <laughs> or uh, Whippleman, almost a C-tier. <laughs> well, oh, I'd, I'd say, um, again, I don't want to move around too much, but like, if you put Lauren back in the balance, I'd, I'd say Slick is more is more worthy. I can live with it. I can, you know what? Do you want to make a well, T-tier go on this? Well, you got Slick and you got, we got Slick, Grand Wizard and Freddy Blassie, which we haven't put in any. You know what though? Honestly, maybe the, would you put Grand Wizard and Freddy Blassie C-tier or B-tier? Oh, Freddy Blassie and Grand Wizard definitely B-tier. Yeah. So, I'd say Fuji is C-tier. That's just my personal opinion, but like, so I, my B tier would be Albano, Fuji, Wizard, and Blassie, and then C tier could be Whippleman, Slick, Lana, and Vega. All right, let's uh, let's play around with this. We all have Albano B tier. Again, so. I'm just gonna throw this out there: a dollar a month ain't too much. We all have Albano B tier. We can all agree on that. I would put Fuji in B tier, and so would Rob. So that's a two vote, but there's potential to be swung around. There's Lana and, and uh, Zelina. There's Harvey Whippleman, Slick, Gla- uh, Grand Wizard, Classy Freddy Blassie. 
I, yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way. Actually, this is the, the potential better way of doing this. Um, just to, people can't see it on the screen right now, but um, I'm making a, like a, my list, Rob list, uh, Callum list kind of thing. So I would probably go for my B tier, Fuji, Albano, probably Lana, and then Harvey Whippleman, because I do find that really funny. Rob would be Albano, Fuji, Wizard and Blassie. Grand Wizard, Classy Freddy Blassie, and then Rob's would be... In mine? That, that wasn't mine. All right, Callum's would be... <laughs> Um, it would be Albano, <laughs> Wizard, Blassie, and Slick. I can also so live with that. That would put Fuji under there. It'd be, it'd be Fuji, Wizard, and Blassie. Along with Al- Al- uh, Albano. Is the, is the, oh, okay, is that's the, the, consensus, the mathematical. The choice. Yeah. So then that moves there. Classy Freddy Blassie becomes there. And then that becomes, uh, let's see, that would be then the C tier would be Lana, Zelina Vega, Harvey Whippleman, Slick. Yep. And then put Charmel over there in the B tier for the valets. Sure. That works. Here you go. We're only missing a fourth potential for the non-WWE managers. And I can't uh... think of any off the top of my head. Trying to think. Um, Do we want to just put like a Stokely in there or something? Or I would. Uh, it seems like a bit. Really uh, for that. that. You got like a. There's a Skandar Akbar. There's a. Um. You guys already said no to. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Let's see. Best WWE uh, WCW managers. Maybe there's something on that list that. Uh, JJ Dillon is Elizabeth. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> Paul yeah. Heyman, same yeah, kind of... of. Yeah, it's a lot of similar people. Um, Sonny Ono. <laughs> yeah, definitely not him. That's <laughs> <laughs> under the uh, 20 greatest WCW managers. Um, Kimberly Page. I don't uh, there's there's uh, Father James Mitchell. Mm-hmm. We have him on the list. Uh, Sir William. Oh, uh, Bill Dundee. Yeah. One, Teddy Long. Oh, you know, Colonel Parker. We didn't oh, talk about a, Colonel oh, Parker. That's a, that's a little uh, dicey, isn't it? I don't even know Colonel Parker. I only know Colonel Parker or the Elvis thing because I watched that Elvis movie recently. Oh, I like that movie, by the way. Um, I don't think there's anyone like that stands out in my head about like even TNA or yeah something or um or even or AEW or, I mean technically but, speaking yeah. we could put like Taz or Tally somebody or on that list or yeah. James, uh, Jake Roberts or if they did a little more I'd be more into it but every time they get going with these managers it's like starting to just if there's someone like from a bit more of an old school approach that we could add into that. Because most of them are ones that I think are more likely. In Who managed Buddy WWE. Rogers? Anyway, you know, off the top of your head? I want to say Buddy Bobby, Bobby, Bobby something. Bobby Davis? Oh, yeah, Bob. Uh, Am I right on that? Bobby Davis? I, yeah, Bobby Davis, yeah. He was. Yeah, uh, yeah. go me. Uh, but that was, that was WWE. Oh, what about Fonzie? Fonzie? 
Bill Alfonso, come on. Oh, Bill Alfonso. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what, fucking Happy Days? <laughs> <laughs> With the whistle and the RVD and the Sabu. I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally against it. I, I mean, I could also make an argument. Remember him? I could make an argument for Ghetto from New Japan. I'd, I'd listen to that. He's currently managing uh, Jay White. He's the current. He's he managed Okada. And he managed Okada as well for a long time. Yeah. Uh, seeing if there's anyone else. Is there any like um, faction guys from New Japan that would be like, oh my god, this guy created his own faction to the point that? Well, there might be wrestlers. There might be wrestlers that create. Yeah, yeah, the wrestlers do it there, but not like uh, uh, somebody in the manager side. Uh, not really. I mean, as I say, Ghetto is probably the biggest example of that because he's the like, the booker. Of uh, New Japan, but he's also, but he, then he, he managed Okada and then he managed Jay White. So, so he, he manages champions. As I look on Wikipedia to jar my memory, I just want to throw out there it says here that Byron Saxton managed uh, Wade Barrett, Michael Tarver, Naomi, and what? Cameron. I, <laughs> listen, I don't know when that happened. I would love to see footage of that one day. Uh, I would. Go with one of one of Bill Alfonso, um, Ghetto, or that guy that you were mentioning. Uh, that uh, <laughs> that guy. Uh, no, no, Skandor Akbar. What you were saying? Uh, Skandor. You know, Devastation Incorporated. There's a lot there. They're like the three that are standing out to me. Or we could also know. just go. Eh, fuck it, we don't need a beat here. <laughs> we wanted to. We don't. Know. We don't necessarily. But we are. We go, I mean, we, we got go, Father we James. We got Kevin yeah. Sullivan. We got Harley Race. So we got a name. We got. We got some names there to choose from. I would have. To, I'd probably go with Fonzie just because that whistle was obnoxious. Yeah, he's he's an example of a, of a wrestler with a with a prop. With, with an, with a prop. Yeah. That whistle's so obnoxious and like. He added to the RVD thing and made RVD more obnoxious. Basically, what I'm saying is if you're obnoxious, you're a great wrestler. <laughs> I have Tony no memories of Bill, Arfon- Bill Alfonso, but if you guys want to make it a two-vote, I'll put them down there. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, why not? We, we should wrap up soon anyway. So. <laughs> That's been a little hey, while. Hey, listen, we, we have done nearly three hours of this. That's true. Two, right. two hours and 25 minutes. <laughs> All right. You cannot say we don't give you your money's worth. A dollar a I month. <laughs> Everyone listening to this, if you donated a dollar a month, you'd get much more content like this going forward. That would be sure. So, this is our breakdown. This is what's going to go on that wiki page. Bodyguard, Mount Rushmore, Virgil, China, Diesel, Wardlow, Manservant, uh... <laughs> It's stupid to say. <laughs> Our manservant, Mount Rushmore. J&J Security, Ricardo Rodriguez, Sakamoto, and Babu. Our worst managers, Oscar, Kim Chi, Yamaguchi-san, and Jose Lario. Our worst valets, Mama, Benjamin, Sapphire, Mrs. Cleavage, and Ryan Shamrock. Our non-WWE... Uh, B tier, Bill Alfonso, Harley Race, Kevin Sullivan, Father James Mitchell, our non WWE A tier, Paul Ellering, Gary Hart, JJ Dillon, James E. Cornette, our non WWE valet list, B tier, Deborah McMichael, Francine, Kimberly Page, and Maria Canellis, non WWE A list for the valets, 
Woman, Baby Doll, Buell McGillicuddy, and Missy Hyatt. Our B tier for the WWE Valets under the best. Stacey Keebler, Charmel, Maurice, Marlena. A tier is Miss Elizabeth, Sensational Sherry, Sunny, and Sable. A lot of S's on these. Our C tier are the managers for WWE. Zelina Vega, Slick, Harvey Whippleman, and Lana. B tier is Captain Lou Albano, Mr. Fuji, Grand Wizard, and Classy Freddie Blassie. What a great name. I love that. And our A tier, what you would constitute as, I guess, like the core of this list, because we technically, technically could have just been like, all right, Mount Rushmore managers, we're keeping it that kind of thing. Jimmy Hart, Paul Bearer, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Paul Heyman. I like these lists. I like them a lot. I like these discussions. Mount Rushmore's are so much fun. <laughs> we get into lots of different people to talk about. We debate about a lot of things. That's why we keep doing these, because we know that you guys enjoy them, too. And if you want to make sure that we know that you enjoy them, leave a comment below. Tell us what you thought about this. Hit that like button as well, because that is something that will help us out on the YouTube algorithm. If you do think that we are worth that dollar a month, <laughs> donate to the Patreon or the uh, YouTube member uh, subscription. Uh, by all means, of course, if you think we are worth more than a dollar a month, you got the Dark Cast tier, you got the Pick Your Poison tier, you got tiers above that, you got the uh, the five dollar tier, the Smarks Club, where you can just you know be a part of the like the list on the website and everything, and uh, you know keep listening and keep showing your support in whatever ways that you can press this along with the share button if you want to just like tweet out hey you know you're interested in for a wrestling podcast check out these guys or something lots of different ways to do that put something on reddit or whatever i don't know i'm not going to tell you what to do necessarily but if you got a message board or a discord service that you want to plug us all that stuff is awesome and we greatly appreciate that leave your comments with your lists in the comment section below if you're listening to this outside of the youtube stuff and you want to list uh your stuff on some other kind of thing we got the page on smartguymoment.com. You can just tweet at us. You can put something on the Facebook post, whatever it is. There's lots of different ways for you to express yourselves. And uh, we've got the hot tags coming up next on the Friday edition, two days from now. We've got plenty of pay-per-view content coming up in the next week when we have not only Clash the Castle, which I still cannot say without thinking Clash the Castle, Clash the Castle, we've got worlds collide and we've got all out and it does not fucking feel like it to me because all three of these events are kind of like you don't have a whole lot of matches announced we're running out of time tick tock tick tock carrying cross has got a fucking clock that he's looking at right now and uh you know we'll be running down lots of pay-per-view point content when it comes to that a predictions post for each of those and a post show for potentially each of those I don't know if we're going to get a chance to do a post-show for Worlds Collide because we don't know when that's going to end, if that's going to conflict with AEW. That'll it, probably end around 6.30. I think we might be able to do it. We, I think Maybe. the last time that that happened, where we had something similar, it ended where we had like a short window. So we might do a short one on that if it ends up being a little bit too close to when AEW starts their kickoff and their or their, their buy-in. I think they call it that. Kickoff, pre-show, buy-in, whatever. If it ends up being like that and we don't have enough time to squeeze it in, then we will lump that into the hot tags or something. But we will talk about that because I'll be watching it. So, you know, and I'll try to do my dark cast later on today. Talk about those topics from the hot tags I didn't get a chance to talk about over these past few weeks. So stay tuned to that on Patreon and the YouTube channel membership. Uh, plenty of stuff happening on smartcomoma.com for you to check out and fanboysanonymous.com. 
everything you can find over there. Just go to fanboysanonymous.com and you'll see that. You'll see the YouTube channel. You'll see all the other things you can subscribe to. Definitely want to do more for that. I found myself spending five minutes earlier today thinking, how would I plan out the entire DC universe? And then I went, oh my God, I can't go down this rabbit hole. I got a podcast to do. I started writing down notes of, does Martian Manhunter come as the fifth or sixth or seventh member of the Justice League and all this stuff? And I'm like, focus, you know? Uh, But maybe I'll talk about that down the line. Maybe I'll even show off some of the Power Rangers stuff because I'm currently about to start volume five of that. Just start making content so that you can, you know, do more of what you love, is what I say to you. I really, 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 really want to do more of that. And, of course, you can sponsor more of that stuff by hitting up the Patreon and YouTube channel membership for Fanboys Anonymous, too. If you're like, God damn it, guys, do that Mount Rushmore Spider-Man villains. Yep, you can request it, just like Frankie did with this Pick Your Poison. So, again, thank you to Frankie for this edition. Hopefully you enjoyed this as well. Two and a half hours worth of discussion about managers and valets. And of course, if you are following everything that's happening under a mango tree, go to amangotree.com and follow me on social media at Tony mango and make sure that you're following Callum and Rob as well for all the great things that they do. Rob. Yeah, I do a lot of okay things over at fightful.com and fightful select is where you get all your scoops from the great Sean Ross sap. You can follow me personally everywhere at dude Felice. Uh, always stay tuned for dudefleece.com and more announcements on that coming in the very near future. But for now, I turn you over to the great Callum Wiggins. So you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out all the stuff that's going out on the Smart Camo website. Uh, prioritize the power rankings, my week to week contribution going out every Saturday. And there's also, you'll find the Fantasy League there as well. So you can check out all the latest updates, standings, the points as they go in every single week. And yeah, check out all that great stuff. And that's it for me. Hopefully you all can enjoy dynamite tonight. Title on the line. I don't know why that's happening now instead of it. Uh, all out, but we'll see what's planning on going down there. We will talk about that with the hot tags and anything else that has happened, including Johnny Gargano's return and the reuniting and ending of index with NXT and, Plenty of other things like that. So yeah, more smart cat moment content coming your way in just a little over, uh, well, two days, I guess you could say at that point. So stay tuned and we will see you next time. But for now, this has been another smart out moment and we are being counted out.